Welcome to Forever Exile. I am Justin, aka Tags. <laughs> I'm Tyler, Wrecker of Days. It's weird. We're, what were you like thinking we're, about? We're looking at each other, right? like in person. It's not. No, it's, it's a lot more natural. disgusting than it usually yeah. is. Justin has some sort of gorgeous filter that people probably use for their TikToks or whatever. Not in real life. Not in real life. You get the whole deal. Disgusting. Welcome to episode 199, our ExileCon episode, part one. Yes, it is part one because we have only seen. How are we doing this? Day one. Right. Our time, Pacific Standard Time, the conventions going Friday afternoon and evening, and then Saturday afternoon and evening. And so we're recording this part one. Saturday morning, so we've only seen day one, and not even the pre-recorded, re-released stuff from day one. Right, we watching that later. Only seen what Twitch showed on the first day. Yep, and we had some buddies over. We actually recorded After Dark first this time around. So if you're listening to this and you're an After Dark individual, we love you very much. Listen to After Dark first. No, no. No, don't what? Yes, no. listen. Hold no. on. First off, Tyler on. says listen to After Dark first Tyler's... and then come back and listen to yeah, that part listen one to and two. Don't listen to Tyler. So uh, a big shout out first off to our patrons. Thank you to a bunch of people for resubbing up to our Patreon and getting access to After Dark. We love your faces and really appreciate it. Patreon gets you access to After Dark. It's our podcast after the podcast where we just, well, it's usually the podcast after the podcast. This week, it just happened to be the podcast before the podcast. Oh, I ruined it. I did, and didn't no, I? You didn't. I was You're talking fine. that you were, you had a whole thing planned. No, nope. uh, so we did. We recorded it first. We had some buddies come over uh, who are not POE people, but uh, <laughs> we were, Tyler and I were getting together. So we thought, why not have some friends over? And so we had some friends over and then uh, we said, do you guys just want to record After Dark with us? So we hook stuff up in my living room, just like Tyler and I are doing right now. And uh, we just, we, we had a chat. It was, uh, it was, uh, it's two hours. It's one of our <laughs> long, longer after darks. Uh, it was a ton of fun hanging out with them and just chatting and, you know, there's POE in there and there was a bunch of other stuff. So it was, uh, it was fun, but yeah, we did record that first and um, we'll get into later why I actually think that that was a good thing for me personally. And uh, it was, yeah, it was good. So patrons enjoy that. It's two hours. It's, uh, it was one of our longer episodes. Also, if you sign up to Patreon, you get access to all the past ones. So you can always go back to episode 62, where we had our wives on, which was a blast too. Wives That's and right. Chris episode. So anyway, thank you, patrons. We love your faces. And uh, we definitely appreciate the support. And for everybody who's hitting that five star on Spotify and, uh, and Apple podcast, it, uh, it's that dopamine hit for us every time we see it. So <laughs> thank you. That's right. And don't forget, just you, you get a sticker. And uh, oh my this God. week, this week, Professor Butts on uh, our, our Discord. <laughs> he, put up the, he put up a video exile con. that is my favorite video, I think, of all time. It made me so happy watching you. If you're on our Discord, you can see it. It's pinned in the general chat. Uh, I have now got a saved copy on my phone forever. And they sent a video of what they did with their sticker and it made our day. So thank you, Professor Butts. It was hilarious to see somebody just put our GG probably thinks we're like telling people to like put plaster our stuff around for pseudo advertisements. But Professor Butts just took their sticker and right on the what was it? The big sign that points people once you get into the convention center where to go for Path of Exile registration registration. outside. It was awesome. And his video is so well done because he zoomed in on the sticker and then he pulls out and it's on this monstrous banner 
for the Path of Exile registration and our stickers right in the middle of it, which is, I mean, obviously they're sponsored by Forever Exile, but it was, it was, it's literally one of my favorite things ever. So thanks, yeah. man. You literally, you actually made my day that day. It was such a good video. Big smile. And uh, hope. Hopefully, every, I mean, we're still recording this mid, uh, mid convention. So hopefully everybody that listens to the podcast that went to the show, hopefully you're having a fantastic time. Uh, Justin's had nothing but wonderful things to say about the last time that he went. And it mentioned many times prior to this convention, even starting that it doesn't even matter what they release coming around that they just do such a good job at their convention. So hopefully you're all having a good time, a safe time and find that it was all worthwhile for sure. Yep. And we'll, yeah, we'll. We're, good. we're super pumped. We're not even going to do this, uh, you know, our week. So don't leave a comment. Okay. We're not talking about our personal lives this week. So just chill. Although personal lives are fun. It was good. We, we had a good, I had a good week. Yeah, it was really fun hanging out with our, you. Our personal lives are great. We're doing wonderful. Yeah, they were fine. But there's just so much to talk about this episode. And, you know, we, I still, I, I've only been, uh, I went to bed about seven hours ago because of editing after dark. So. I'm still waking up. I'm still waking up in the middle of this episode. But it was fun hanging out with Tyler yesterday. We got to watch it. You know, the stuff that we wanted to watch. There was some stuff that we didn't. So we just chatted and yeah. made dinner and hung out and stuff. But yeah, I, let's, uh, I, I say we just jump right into ExileCon. Sure. I will say, though, just yeah, like Tyler said, ExileCon when I went in 2019 was um, a, an amazing memory. I got to go with my son. He loved it. I had a great time. The event itself is incredible. The people who went, I'm sure you're having a blast. It's a beautiful country. And uh, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's cool that we play a game that is not a massive game that can do conventions like that. It's a really cool, Very cool. thing that, that uh, path, the GGG can do that with Path of Exile. So that's the overall feeling. Like, I just want to get that out there because in After Dark, you probably get a bit more of an unfettered opinion from me. Um, regarding it because I was a little bit disgruntled yesterday, but I've had some time. I've had some time to think. So I'm excited to talk about it again today and, you know, get my non initial reaction because I've had time to yeah. consider. Justin had a nice circle jerk with all of his buddies and now he's feeling great. Way better. Got yeah. that release and I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so, well, hey, as, as crew said in discord, um, Merry Christmas, just I love using that kind of stuff. Like oh, Merry because Christmas. Of, like, because it's just, this, this is this yeah. is the most exciting time for any POE player. Whether you are at the convention or only watching on Twitch, it is like Christmas. So Yep, for sure. Merry Christmas, Justin. Totally. All right. So let's jump into it. I guess we'll just I, I the thing is Tyler and I didn't take notes purposefully yesterday. We didn't want to. It makes it really hard to watch and actually enjoy it when you're like right. constantly trying to remember what we want to talk about. So I think we just hit everything. I think let's just start, start where you want and, and do whatever. Yeah. So and the the thing about not taking notes, like I really took notes a lot last time because oh no. I wasn't taking notes last time because we didn't have the podcast yeah, last time. That was four years ago. Right. But a lot of the other presentations that they do on Twitch. I've found in the past when I'm trying to take notes, I really miss out on what's happening in front. It's like, you know, the whole parent conundrum of do I take pictures and videos of yeah, this yeah, moment totally. or do I enjoy the moment? And, you know, then your kids look at you while you're recording and you're not actually looking at them and you're like, oh, you yeah. see it in their face. So anyway, it's kind of like that. So this time around, I chose I'm the note taker between the two of us and uh, just really wanted to experience it and enjoy it. We had buddies over. Do not care at all about Pat. They didn't come until so it's about after. the fellowship too. Yeah, and they so, weren't there until yeah, after. Yeah, Justin and I did the saw the keynote by ourselves, and then uh, Ian and Ryan came. But anyway, 
So yeah, let's just let's just wing it. And then maybe in episode 200, we'll have gone through or been reminded about a whole bunch of stuff if we had a more structured note taking setup and we can hit a whole bunch of points that we miss. So don't well, give us a hard time if our tub. memories don't serve us well, but while in the hot tub. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, we're flicking each other's nipples in our hot tub episode for episode 200. I forgot. Yeah, we need to get a hot tub, I guess. Hey, we're going to have one. I've, I've already sorted it. Don't worry. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know a guy. I know. I got a guy. I got <laughs> yeah, a guy. That's right. So they let's yeah, let's go right through. So the event starts. We go through the keynote. Um, I don't really know if we just start spewing up my do you think my first feeling towards the keynote was obviously excitement having Chris come out there. I love seeing Chris uncomfortable, like, and, and excited. Like sure. he's just got a great, like he loves what he's doing and you can actually see it in the way that his facial expressions, his body language, like he, he's very passionate about his yeah. game. And when, that's so cool. When he says, thank you so much for your support. We're just really excited that you care about the game that we make. Like you can hear it. You can feel it. I have, I looked at you and I said, I have zero doubt that that is, that's not crap. That is legitimate from the heart. And maybe I was looking a little too into it or even hoping for it. But when he choked up in in XLCon 1, Mm -hmm. like when you start hearing maybe a tiny bit of the verb and the voice, you know what it's like when you're trying to push the emotions down, but then the tiny bit creeps up. It's just so like, that makes you just want to cry anyway. Like who cares what the announcements are, what it's about when you see anybody just passionate about it and thankful. Just like, <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Very cool. I love that you're crying. Just got my dog worked up. Um, I, yeah, so he, so first Crip comes out and does like a, uh, they do a look back and I, uh, that look back over Path of Exile's history was amazing. I actually messaged, I was chatting with Camille last night and I said to him like, are you going to release that? And it was funny. It, this is like, it cracks me up how, you know, we look at things differently then you know they they do it you know they make it they do all their stuff and so i i was like that that thing through the the history of the path of exile was amazing like i loved that the the score you had behind that video i said are you going to release that and he was like well it's just legion and uh what was the other one heist maybe i can't i can't i can't remember what he said the other one was but his thing was like well you know it's out and i was like yeah but man with the voices playing like as it was going through like it was just epic it was so you know, yeah, they had some character voice lines every yeah. now and then to kind of coincide with the music. Yeah. And it like it's 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 crazy how easily lost um, people can become on the score and the music, because if you were to mute during that part, it would not have had even nearly the same effect. You know, if you were just watch it like it was just so, so good. I loved it. Like, I get that it's just music that's already released. But the way that they put it together, the way they tied in the actor voice lines from these different leagues and stuff literally one of my favorite scores just the way that it was done so um yeah so they did the history which was really cool to sort of you know do this walk back and this this uh this thing so then and then uh crip announces mark no not mark sorry um chris so chris comes out does his thanks and his welcome which was awesome to see oh yeah he's hi i'm chris wilson from grinding gear games it. and then everybody's like ah! the explosion <laughs> in the auditorium i love it yeah uh, I was a little bit thrown off when then he just like pissed off and he's like, here's the uh, Jonathan and Mark and both Tyler and I are like, oh, OK. And then 
uh, and then and then John, which was cool. Both of us were like, Jonathan is still there. Like we haven't seen Jonathan in forever. Wasn't it mind blowing to discover that he's just completely separated from Path of Exit? Like we discovered this after in a way, but you know we hear his title you know like game i forget what it was game designer or whatever for path of exile 2 and and mark's there too and but it was just mind-blowing to see that there's been like a complete separation his knowledge of path of exile 1 is not really there no like we've been like when they were talking this is jumping ahead but when they were talking about what he wants flasks to be like yeah in path of exile 2 we're like chris like We've had that for like a year, man. Yeah. And Jonathan's like, oh, oh, I didn't. Well, know. <laughs> you know, Chris will steal whatever he wants. But anyway, yeah, no, they came out on stage and that was great. And Mark looks great. Yeah, good Mark for you, Mark. Great. Good yeah, for you. That really takes good. an insane amount of work and willpower. And yeah, he looks awesome. Huge kudos to you. I know that's more like a private conversation, but we're not going to get that opportunity. So just oh, so big cool. congrats. We're very, very proud of you. Yep. They, it was fun seeing both of them because we haven't seen either of them really in quite a long time. I can. I was joking with Tyler that I can see the Path of Exile two stresses is uh, on Jonathan because he's got the silver tips like I do. Oh he's yeah, you silver hair. foxes now, yeah. yum yum. So they come out and then they went straight into gameplay, which kind of was for me not. I wasn't hoping for that. I was actually hoping for gameplay to come like much much later. Like keynote, a keynote address to me is like you speaking on your game, talking about stuff. Uh, it's not a it's not a game demo and this felt like a game demo which was surprising to me and both tyler and i kind of laughed at each other and we're like uh i don't know what this means for the rest of this keynote when we've got these guys coming out here to play it but it was cool to watch and i loved that mark died because i was like see even mark can die (laughs) that's right that's right but and then you start seeing all the other gameplay demos that everyone else was doing granted it's their you know their virgin experience but goodness seeing how they were and how sluggish their gameplay was versus Mark's, mm-hmm. which was a slowed down gameplay for the sake of the demo. All of a sudden it's like, wow, he crushed it. He was amazing. Yeah. And oh my goodness, Jonathan was just as a part of like, sure. Like they were going through and we'll talk about all the, the cool stuff that we can remember that they actually said out loud and showed us, but just the like Jonathan's trying so hard not to swear on the keynote, yeah. right? While he's up there, and but he's like getting so. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Freeze him! Freeze him! Yeah, and then he's getting who was interviewing him after? Was it Crip? Crip yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan's like, "Filter oh, no, off. I don't want all that shit. Oh fuck that! You know, he's awesome. like, who cares? I loved it. I thought it was so awesome. Yeah. So they do the they do the demo. They get Octavian out there. They do you know, the co-op ability and they show the two, the monk and the sorceress, which was cool. Uh, they also, I think, so prior to that, they had announced that uh, POE 2 was going to be its own game. So before they started the gameplay, that was one of the first things that that Jonathan talked about. Just the scope of the game became too big. And I, I said to Tyler, like, I always wondered, like, it never made sense to me that they were going to be able to maintain this as two games. To handcuff yourself with the old system right, and yeah. still try and which maximize. Which is what they always said they didn't want. Like, you know, there was this idea of like, we want to be free to do new stuff. And so it, it just always seemed odd to me. So I, I like the fact that they're, it's going to be its own thing. Like I want them to do whatever they can in the best way possible. And if that means make it a separate game, then that that's not a big deal to me. I don't really see that as a bad thing. I think the thing that surprised me and I, this might be jumping a little bit, I'm not sure, but was the idea that they're going to maintain both. I struggle with that one a little bit because you how i like who's gonna care about path of exile one well for that's one thing like why would you play path of exile one when path of exile two is out there unless you're so so 
just connected to the right. classes and ascendancies that are in Path of Exile 1? You know where that really does start? Like, sure, there's diehard players, right? Like, I play all the Dark Souls games in Elden Ring, and there's people that go back to play Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2 because they're that different. Yep. But to start with Path of Exile, to El start with Elden Ring, and like Chris, for example, one of our buddies, he plays Elden Ring. It's the first Souls game he's ever played. There's no way, like, he's going to go back and play Dark Souls 1? Mm -mm. Now, I see people doing that when they spend money up front for a game. They have this game in their backlog. They don't want to spend money on the next game or it's still too much. They're going to wait till it's 20 bucks. So they play the old game. Like for me, when I used to play Madden with Ryan and Ian, we would play Madden, even though the new one's out. We'd play like, for example, I'd play Madden 20 when 21 is out because I'm waiting it for it to be free on the EA subscription service that they have. And so I'm playing the old game for six months. But as soon as the new game's out, I don't care about the old game. Honestly, even if it's worse, I'm still playing the new game with updated rosters and this. I can't now. I'm one person out of 8 billion, but I don't see Path of Exile 1, even though we don't see YGGG, despite the fact they probably just want to keep it on because it's their baby. It's like it's the same thing as keeping Scrolls of Wisdom, right? You just you want to keep it for the reason that you're keeping it, whatever it is. But I don't see it staying alive as long as they hope it. You know what I mean? I just I don't see the numbers people going back to play, even though they're trying to do staggered leagues to keep them both alive or to keep the player base interested. I don't see people being excited for Path of Exile one a year after Path of Exiles two's been announced, even if they have staggered leagues. I just think it's going to be too old, too dusty. Yeah, like Jonathan in his conversation with Crip had this this comment about not wanting to you know, um, give up or, or let path of exile one go. And my feeling was just like, why not? Like if you, if you've created this new game, you're going to bring out the leagues and then you want to do this staggered effect, which Chris kind of said, like, you know, cause we know people fall off and then this gives them something to go and play. So I, there were two, I had a couple concerns with that one. Is it the exact same league going into path of exile one? Are you actually going to try and develop two leagues per, per, three month cycle, which is that you can't, I just, I, I just don't think they can. And if they can, for how long can you maintain a level of quality where something hasn't been lost? And if it is just going to be the same league released on path of exile one, I, I, my feeling was just like, why not just let path of exile one roll into standard? You'll do like, you know, you can do like maybe bug fixes as things come up, but, but let the game just roll out in standard and stay as it is. The MTX, I love that they made the MTXs available on both. Like that is yeah. incredible. And I don't think people totally understand. Like I hope people understand the, the, the level of commitment that is to the player base because they don't have to. They could very easily have rolled out Path of Exile 2 as a brand new game, brand new set of MTX, brand new everything. And like there's nothing that says that because you bought something for Path of Exile 1, you have to be able to use it on Path of Exile 2. I think that's awesome that they're doing that. But yeah, I just kind of was like, how long can you, how long can you maintain um, keeping two games up to date, bug fixed, crashes fixed? Like, it just seems like a lot I, to do. I think it does. And I, I think like, I don't know, I come over with the mentality is like, when you come out with Path of Exile 2, call it Path of Exile. And the first Path of Exile just doesn't exist anymore. It's a, no, the biggest it, update ever. But standards just done. You're starting fresh with standards, starting fresh with everything, except your account has all these MTX. And then, of course, you have some of those reward or God items, whatever those were, they find a way to bring those in. But I really don't see a problem starting fresh 
this is a new update. Everything's fresh, but your account still has your MTX. Like I don't, I just, oh. I, I like that it's Path of Exile too. I, I like that it's a totally separate game because there's a totally separate story and it, everything's. Well, yeah, like but I'm just saying, like, ignore completely Path of Exile one. Like from that point forward, it's not even available on the Steam store. Oh, if you I want to, if you want to, why, once Path of Exile two comes out. All you have is Path of Exile 2 available. Why not let people continue to play? I I, th- I don't see a reason, uh, uh, like a bad thing about letting people continue to play. I just, it feels weird to me to be trying to still continue to develop for it after Path of Exile 2 comes out. But we'll see what happens. Like, that's just like, that was just my reaction to it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, how, how, how are they going to maintain both? But uh, it, I, yeah. So they, they announced that Path of Exile 2 is its own game. Mark does the gameplay. Lots of fun to watch. The bosses look incredible. Like and they the look permanent so health bar, which yep. stayed from the original XL con. I mean, it's been four years and they made a lot of different changes. Yeah, and way different. you and I emphasized to each other ahead of time in previous episodes, but then also here. And of course, this does come a little bit in contrast with our disappointment to the unofficial release date that they mentioned. But make like to us, it doesn't matter what they said was going to happen with path of exile Two back in 2019 whatever changes you need to make we like it's and sometimes you get disappointed because you get really hopeful and you're excited about certain changes that they mentioned and they change that and you're like oh crap i really wish and then you might get on the complaining train but at the end of the day make whatever changes you need to make for the game to make it the best game that you can like cutting path of exile one completely from the same the same resource and uh, unfortunately in this situation it kind of conflicts with our our hopes for what this convention was going to be because the release date ended up being non-existent i mean the the closed beta is a year away of course that's disheartening because of a whole bunch of expectations that we had ahead of time based on you know chris saying come home early and then you know just the last convention they had was big news so we were expecting big news as opposed to just a big update but when you throw that like expectations are expectations. So as soon as those die and you get kind of get used to the new news, it it's exciting that they are making decisions for what's best for the game, as opposed to hoping to please everybody. You know what I mean? Like when, when Jonathan and I know I'm skipping past the gameplay and I'm really excited to talk about that, but when Jonathan knew as he was saying it before he said it, when he was saying the date for closed beta, you could hear it in the crowd, but you could see it on his face before the reaction even started. He's like, I know it's going to be in July or June, whatever it is, 2024. And they know that's not, that's the, that's a displeasing thing. People are excited. They just, they really wanted it to be a lot sooner, especially because of convention, but they're, they're making the decisions that are best for the game and not rushing it. And at the end of the day, no matter what your expectation was for the convention and the news you were going to get, that is the best decision that any fan could have. You know, that's the, or that's the best news any fan could have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, well, I do want to get back into the gameplay, but I think this is a good time. If we've already, you mentioned this, the date. So I want to, I'm just going to say my sort of piece about it. And then that way we can just let it be and move on to other things. They announced the date. Both of us were kind of dumbfounded a little bit when, when we saw that. And yeah, it's um, true. a little bit disheartened. And and I had a much, not a, ne- not a more negative approach in after dark but it was just i was a little bit more open about what i was feeling initially and what i was saying to tyler this morning is for me the struggle is separating a couple things one the convention of xlcon 2 compared to xlcon 1 and then 
probably most importantly was just the, the comment from Chris. So XLCon 1 comes out, never had been a thing before. Everybody went to XLCon 1 with the purpose of going to a Path of XL convention. That was why people went and that's why people watched. There was no plan for any, they hadn't like teased some big announcement or blah, blah, blah. It was just, hey, we're doing the first ever Path of XL convention. And it was amazing. And then they announced Path of XL 2. Place goes crazy. Everybody gets so excited. It was amazing. And so then when they do another ExileCon, there is a, a, maybe a bit of an unfair expectation that that means there's an, a big announcement. And, and that's certainly how I felt. And then I, I just feel like it was just made a little bit worse for them with that expectation side by Chris saying you, you want to head home early. And I don't know why that was. I'm not sure if that was just a miscommunication on his part, but they doubled down and tripled down on it. So it seemed a little bit weird. And so had, if, if you took that out, if I took out Chris not saying something, I think my expectations could have been tempered a little bit because I would have gone like, you know, if they just played it off that this is a Path of Exile convention, we're excited to get a bunch of people together to play the game. We love the game. We want to update you on what's going on. Even if they said something like, we have a big update for you, as opposed to the... I don't know, like it updates totally different than like big news. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it just it just made it so much different by telling people that there was this reason to rush home that it's always stuck poorly with me, like going back all the way back to when he first said it. I just never I didn't agree with it. I didn't really understand it. But if I take that part out I, I, and remember that this is just a path of Excel convention, the purpose of this convention was to get people together because one of the things I struggled with yesterday, and it might have slightly skewed how I watched a lot of the rest of the convention, was me going, why are they having a convention? I don't understand. But that's also because I, I'm, I went into it with the expectation of what happened in XLCon 1. And that's not really fair because what happened in XLCon 1 was never what I expected to happen in XLCon 1. Right. So it's really tough trying to find this like balance of what my expectations were versus what their plan for it was. And and they That's did try and temper our expectations a couple of weeks ahead of time. They're they like, did, yeah. they were like, hey, just a reminder, you know, 322 is coming yeah, out afterwards. Right. Coming. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the, this convention's the beginning of our marketing for Path of Exile 2. And so uh, I guess it was just that one comment of, hey, you want to rush home after. And here's the crazy thing is, what, what are they rushing home for now? Now, the keynote's done. Yeah. It's pretty and there's not, still nothing to rush home for. I'm convinced. Like you're still three weeks away from 322. I'm convinced that's what it was. And I, I, don't, I don't know that yeah. that's true, but I feel like 322 originally had an earlier release plan and Chris was excited about it because 322 looks great. We're going to talk about that too. But, and so that is my just, uh, I have, I'm, I'm just giving that to him and just saying like, I just don't understand why they doubled and tripled down and didn't like, like just say, I feel like it would have been fair to just say, hey, we, we did have a, a sooner expectation because we already knew it was August 18th before XLCon. Yes. Um, why not just, if that was it, just be like, yeah, you know, we were really excited for people to play, but we, in order to make sure it's going to come out in its best state, we did have to push it back a couple of weeks. So um, because, the, yeah, it's, it, it's hard to like figure out and temper your expectations because it's not like they... It's not like they specifically built up the expectation that something was going to happen, but I feel like they kind of did just with Chris's comment. And that's it like that. If, if you took that whole part, out, did he say it out loud? Because I only yeah. remember reading it on their posts. No, he said it in one of their announcements for XLCon. Uh, so I just yeah, if, you, if I was if I can take that part out and just uh, um, take XLCon 2 for what it is, which is a path of XL convention, it was a chance for them to celebrate their game, thank the people that 
are you know playing it to do this big fun event to come meet developers to get a chance to come play path of exile 2 i have to just switch my head and go that was the purpose of exile con 2 and that's why they're doing exile con 2 because i i mean you you heard me yesterday for way too long into the evening i was going what the fuck are they doing a, a, a convention for like there was that doesn't make sense, but that's not fair because I was doing that as a comparison to the first one, which the first one was never meant to be. You can only have one first one. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I think the fact that they're doing the convention is incredible. And it's, once I started to get over the fact that there, that, that it was my expectation of something to come and not necessarily what they had planned on, I think it got a little bit better for me because I went, okay. First off, PoE2, I, we've talked about this before. You take as long as you want. I don't, it doesn't have to come out at any time. Obviously, I want to play it, but I want it to be in a, a, a great state to play. And the game looks massive. And we're going to get back to the gameplay in a second. So take as long as you want. But it was a bit of a like slap in the face when you saw June 14th or whatever, 2024, for the right. closed beta. Because then we were like, Jesus, then they got the open beta, then the full release. Um, and while I do appreciate them saying closed beta date, I still would have rather seen an official launch like closed beta is going to be yeah, here give with us a, christmas 2024 just something just something yeah, yeah don't give a date but maybe go like our planned releases at this point because it was um there were yeah there were just a few things where it, it was hard for me to get you know when he said we've got it's going to be six acts we were going oh that's weird they said seven originally but that's fine and then they talk about all these new classes and it's a totally separate game and it's like okay this is cool it's cool and then you see the date and it was like it wasn't totally fair on my part to be upset about that because they didn't say and they were they i mean they actually explicitly tried to go back and say not coming right. for your expectations right. you know bex was all over twitter i just i feel like there was that one comment and sadly that one it was that one me, thing just, like, that changed everything wasn't it the yeah. get home soon yeah yeah well this i mean that's that's the fun about being a nerd about a game trying to guess trying to figure it out all this and i guess the only blame you could throw ggg's way is the amount of is how long this is taking because yeah. when you have something in yes covid was a, a massive problem for every single person in the world not just companies so that obviously throws stuff into the mix but when you're like a year away and then you have a convention it's a year away and then you have like this and you're saying like it's it's well over a year away still like that's a long time for fans to speculate and guess and be hyped and yeah they're gonna come up with stuff and like that that's how hype works and that's the pro and con of how releases work and when people choose to put out their movie trailers how how far in advance some people do it four months in advance most movie trailers do it a month in advance you know what i mean like you, you gotta hype comes up but then it goes down and it's speculation always comes when you're excited for something and so i guess maybe that would be the only part where in terms of their timing for how all of this is coming together it's a long time for fans to hope right i was joking with tyler yesterday that they just they accidentally did it a year early like that they actually <laughs> meant to do this event next year and chris just got excited and started booking stuff and they were like oh shit, we got to do it because this would have been such a cool event to be like the closed beta starting you know next as week soon as you get or whatever home. that would have been such a cool like same as XLCon the first one in an announcement and again that's just me talking about the maybe slightly unfair expectation i have because of what they did at the first XLCon event which was never we didn't know that so we went into it just going for a convention and so it was really hard to get my head into the space of like this is just a convention that's the whole point of it and 
I shouldn't be going into it expecting there's some huge announcement. And now I will say if they do an XLCon again, at least I'm not going in going like, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Blow Who my mind. about the news? I'm going for the card game. Yeah. So uh, I am I am very excited for Path of Exile 2 to come out. And once I've given my chance myself a chance to just rethink things and accept that it was a, a convention and that it's fun, uh, it was really it was really cool to see um a lot of the stuff so that was my feeling that was tyler and i had you know we got a chance to get stuff out yesterday and and um you know uh, for me personally it was a good chance for me overnight don't listen to, just, to after dark no after dark was me last night being a little bit more candid yeah and more towards the end and but i don't think i was ever nasty i just was frustrated and i i feel like what i said now i just said in a worse way in after dark like i just wasn't as you know understanding to where i got ro- it wrong with regards to my expectations you were drunk i wasn't that drunk but i was drinking <laughs> after dark. i couldn't get too drunk because i was gonna have to edit all night but uh, yeah anyway so 2024 we're gonna see the closed beta it's gonna be great i'm excited for it and considering what we saw it looks amazing yeah the gameplay is just so fun like all the i love all that like i love that they've gone the route of saying everything can freeze everything can stun you just have to build right and i love that they even have the guts to reference kind of the idea where they get it from just for quick reference points they reference elden ring like there's those bars that build up on yourself or on a boss. And so would you rather see it? Cause you don't see it. In oh, I would too. 100% want to see it. And yes. Don't, at least they don't, they don't show it right now. And I was no. thinking that too, that it would have been really cool to be able to see those bars build up. So you have, cause it, otherwise it's, it's, it's path of exile one in the sense that it's like, yes, like you True. don't know the information. So I have no idea how hard did my hit apply towards that freeze. It, it would be nice, but at the same time, I don't think it's important because you know it's not negligible damage. Like it, in the current game, Path of Exile 1, you can't see it and you have no idea if it's effective or not because it's all based on percentages. And so many of those uh, ailments rely on individual hits. And so you get somebody with puny little daggers that are going for attack speed over damage and you're realizing you're not doing anything, but you don't realize that there's nothing in yeah, POE1 that tells you. Whereas in this game, it's it would be nice to see if how you're building it up or how quickly it works but at the end of the day it doesn't matter and uh, they could do other things too like you don't have to have a, a cheesy health bar that's a freeze bar or a poison bar or a scarlet rot bar like they do in elden ring because you could just do visuals like if it's on a boss you could just see the ice build up or the poison like you, they could do something on the actual character to make it look more uh, but, but who knows because visual clarity is probably going to be an issue again because uh, and it was great hearing jonathan say this because i think it was crypt that was interviewing jonathan where it's like so what's the visual clarity going to be like i guess it wasn't that specific but that's what i was thinking because he was talking like how fast is the game play going to be is it going to be just as nuts are we going to be able to do crazy things and so that was neat it, like you're still going to be able to zoom zoom but you're going to be need to take more slower. time with enemies yeah in right? general it'll be slower than poe one they don't want people to get like to that crazy crazy level yeah. but I, it was funny hearing a number of people like that we did watch you know a lot of people were saying that it felt slow and tyler and i were both like it actually i liked it like i sure i would obviously not want to be that speed through the whole thing but i liked that it felt like there was purpose to what you were doing yes and that you could um like i yeah i i do like to go faster but I also don't mind the fact that there was like I was watching the XP bar and there was a purpose to killing every single mob. Like I, I was watching his bar move 
as he killed just two guards, not 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 bosses, but it, it it seemed like there was yeah there was a good purpose to what you were doing, and the speed seemed fine. It was a little bit on the slow side, but it was also Act Three. Like nobody's getting into the halfway mark of Path of Exile's campaign and just like flying through there unless it's a third or fourth character that you've built up some leveling gear on or something. So uh, the only reason that I would have liked to see those those um, bars or some sort of information is because they fall off and so knowing like knowing that you've maybe taken too long to start doing damage again of that type to know what your threshold is yeah like having some understanding of when it's starting to fall off but i just love that it's on everything now all bosses all enemies everything can be you know cc'd to some degree good lord the like heavy knockdown was eight seconds they were saying crazy right how the stuns were working and I mean, they they were emphasizing a million times over the the dodge roll that almost yeah. broke Blizzard in half when they were arguing about whether to put a dodge roll into D3 or not, because mm-hmm. it wasn't on PC. So the fact that this is on both platforms, I mean, poor I, they, sorry, they didn't talk about console at all, but assuming that it's because it's on PC, it'll be on console. But just that it prospect, and then they have, you know, there were a lot of questions about it, and so they start talking about, well, yeah, movement speed's going to impact your your role right so if you have an investment into movement speed it's going to impact the speed of your role it's a faster role at the beginning but slower at the end jonathan pointed out in the character skills panel that people are like rolling between the legs of the boss i remember rory saying like i forget what like if there was a troll or an elephant behind somebody a whole bunch of enemies the the big enemy can just blow over all the small enemies they're not stuck behind that and they said, but like all that kind of stuff happens to both. You know what I mean? Like it happens to the character, but it happens to enemies. Like you can be stunned or frozen, but it's a more gentle approach to the character. It's not as harsh as it, as it would be to the uh, enemy. So it's just really neat how it's so interactive, but the mechanics aren't different. Like in the, in the past experienced poe players are used to so many hidden mechanics and so many different exceptions well yeah but because it's this kind of enemy you couldn't do that so it's just not this but that's not written anywhere in the game new players wouldn't have any idea how well it actually works different for us but it works for this or you have like armor that's you have to stack that it's not just a mitigated damage like it would be for elemental resistance so i love that the rules for enemies are the same that they are for characters now and that i think that's really really cool going forward a lot more it, the game's still crazy complicated, but it simplifies what you need to remember and what's important to theorycraft. The dodge roll being uh, no cooldown and instant is crazy to me. Like I, I, I feel for the keyboards out there because that spacebar is going to be. <laughs> I was told though that uh, specifically Tyler is going to love the dodge roll on gamepad on like a controller. So apparently it's very smooth on controller which is exciting so it well see the dodge roll does seem like a very analog friendly thing because i'm not pointing yeah you don't have to move the aiming with where i'm going and so that does seem to be if you were to get into those petty arguments of which one benefits more from one uh that kind of dodge roll stuff's always fantastic on an analog especially if you're a little bit slower on the mouse side like for for a person who is comfortable with keyboard and mouse it's probably going to feel just as good but if you are a little bit slower on the the mouse movement side, uh, an analog controller is infinitely easier, obviously, to, mm-hmm. to quickly aim top left and roll yeah. versus moving the mouse. So, yeah, the, the dodge roll is really cool. I just I thought the gameplay was awesome. The bosses look so fun. There's a hundred bosses. Somebody made a great comment on our discord where 
you know, they were saying that these are, um, all the optional bosses optional are bosses. required. And yeah, their awesome. comment was, yeah. So all optional bosses are required because these bosses have the potential to give right. you permanent stats, which that's not an optional boss. No, like, like no the boss one boss that they specifically stated that on is you get ten an spirit. extra 10 spirit. And then we look at each other and we're like, spirit <laughs> and then they start getting into how reservation works and mana works and 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 minions are going to cost spirit instead of mana and like they were using zombies this was in a different panel but jonathan was i think it was jonathan saying if you or rory if you the amount of spirit you have is your limitation for how many zombies the skill's not going to have a limit to how many zombies i mean starting off who knows what changes they'll make for balances in the future but the amount of zombies you have is just limited by how much spirit they reserve in general, not by a skill limitation that they have. And so if you want, I, I mean, they didn't give any numbers, but if you want 10 zombies and no auras, great. But if you want some auras, maybe you can only have five zombies. And just the whole prospect of spirit versus mana was a really cool thing to hear them talk about and discover it was cool for them to do it because he they are true it is true like at the at the point where path of exile one is now you just play the game without mana that you you play the game with reserving as much as possible and then finding ways to make your costs so low that it doesn't matter how how low you get it so it's cool for them to come up with a totally new system i will say the other thing that besides both of us going spirit was literally the very first thing you see was gold and we're both like right what's what? gold you said this would never be a thing you would never have currency like this it would always be stuff but then and then they I, didn't say anything i know i actually think that was a big mistake because you're so hyped for everything you're seeing but there's this one nagging question that's they constant addressed it to an hour and a half yeah they didn't and then the thing ends the keynote ends and i have and i'm like and it sucks because you want to be so excited about this and you are so excited but at the end you have two questions and they're not exciting questions you're like what the heck is gold? You said you were never going to do that. And a long, long time ago, of course, you were never going to do gold. And what are people going home early for? Yeah. And so, of course, the second one, we're probably not going to have an answer for. But then eventually, John didn't even think of talking about it no, because it's so be trivial. Asked. And be uh, asked by Crip. Right. And eventually gold is just to help you level kind up. Kind of like what yeah. they did in Ruthless Gold, which yeah. worked out fine. It's your option to buy some stuff from the vendor. I don't think it's a bad thing. It was just very odd that they didn't, the second it dropped, maybe they've just been playing, like working on the game so much that now it's become just second nature to them that, that yeah, there's sure. gold, but somebody should have been like, oh guys, <laughs> that's not in UE1. And it's not even a normal Ruthless. But if you... I, I really hope it doesn't clutter. I mean, thank goodness it auto picks up. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's a huge range because I don't want to have to even look care huge, about but it. it. Yeah. But with gold, I just really hope it's not a stupid clutter. Like well, if gold keeps on showing up. It was in the inventory. And right? I don't like that. And if it starts showing up end game, it's just extra garbage on the screen that you got to filter through. Like, I just hope it... I don't know. I, I really hope it's done well because I, I just don't want more stuff on the screen. It's like, I remember you laughing. What was it like? How many more base types or like what the they call 700, them? 700. Was it base types? No, it wasn't base types. It was like I, item. Oh, there item was a, types or something. It was a lot. It was, a, was, it was an interesting wording. And uh, you laughed at me because, you know, I want the game to be more complex, but I don't want there to be 7,000 things that the filter needs to hide. Not for preference, but for like just required <laughs> sustenance for being able to play the game. So uh, 
so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's all balanced. Well, they didn't talk very much about item or base types at all. They did talk a lot about implicits though, and that was in regards to the skills. And that is such a neat idea. Like who knows what the other implicits are going to be, but it seems like implicits implicits are all about the skill now. And that'll be a way for you to save mana or and we've modify your skill. Right. And yeah. They, so they had a different level fireballs and, and then buff they had your next skill. unleash. Yeah. Which was really cool. And especially like when we were watching, I said to you, like, they're going to do that for every class. That means like every that's crazy. And we only saw two. We don't even know how many there are. And if that's what they're referring to the 700, I, I don't really know. But that seems crazy. Hopefully that does reduce the amount of base types they have, though. Well, the base type won't matter quite as much because now you're just looking for the implicit that you want. Right. So if you can filter for that, too, that would be pretty sweet. It would be like right now they have so many different base types because they have so many different implicits, right? So they'll have this many daggers or this many staves because they want different implicits on these items. But now if you have what seems like a randomly rolled implicit on an item, you have that one base type that could roll different implicits as opposed to filtering so many different items away from your visual aid so that you can find a specific implicit so anyway it does look really exciting it's really cool that it's interactive with a specific skill and dude don't even get me started on weapon swapping it looked awesome that is the coolest idea ever for like i remember way back when on a bay class they were talking giving poe a hard time for not having stat sticks you know what i mean like just slap a staff on your back and all those attributes you stacked onto that staff count towards your character and that wasn't the direction GGG wanted to go. And this is almost like solving all of that in such a really cool, creative way. You can select. This is so crazy. You can select which skills uses which one uses which staff and it automatically switches. If I'm using a fireball and uh, this isn't a thing, but an ice ball. And I want one staff to be used when I'm using the fireball and then a different staff to be used when I'm using the ice ball. I just have to hit the skill and it auto swaps. And the cool thing is, is it's not instant. There is a delay. And I think that's so smart so that it can't be cheesed. Obviously, that's a balance change. They can change 100,000 times over. But you know, that's going to be something that's extremely important for them to continually make sure is right, especially based on the skill that you're using. But how cool is that? You can go from melee to spell. You can go from minion to not. You can choose which auras and which minions are up based on which weapon set you're using and all you have to do is hit a skill yeah like oh that's sony and of course you can modify your skills to be used with both and oh man well and then this, to combine that with the tree the fact that the tree has right. multiple some things can you do multiple ones for that weapon swap that's just crazy it's so great like you have so they said you get like you don't have an infinite amount, so you don't have yep. like 300 skill points on the tree. But they said that these extra points come from your skill books. So the skill books you get during the campaign. So let's uh, what are there now? 24 skill points you get when from skill books in the current campaign, I think it is. So let's pretend that that number is still going to be the same. How cool is that, though, that you get 24 skill points that you can essentially split up to do different things based on weapon swapping? Like how neat uh, that just that that enhances theory crafting so much but it also makes the stress of theory crafting a little bit less because it's like how many times have we been in a build where oh i'd love to do that but i just can't squeeze it in because you're making one build but now you're making with 
the eventual nine six links or five links, whatever, a six socket with weapons where weapon swapping is easily a part of every single build even for me who i want to do like a one button build yeah you don't have to actually hit the button to right swap all i do is just hit that other skill and it automatically happens but then i don't have the risk of like for example with righteous fire right now i have both fire damage and dot damage because i love the leech of the oh poor chieftain got in my opinion just got massacred for what i like to use it for but for the current version of the chieftain wait that's what it's going to be, or that's what Chieftain's going to be like in 322? Ah, oh, crap. Well, anyway, up until 322, my Chieftain does lots of leech, and that's part of what helps with Incinerate, and that's what helps its life regen when I'm running RF or in a huge battle. But it would be really cool to be able to swap that out. Sometimes I'm just in the mood for RF. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm in the mood to be more interactive. And so now I can have a staff or some scepters that are just for dot damage and then i could every time i hit the incinerate button it automatically switches to something that maybe is more beneficial so just so cool because it allows that it's like it removes the stress of theory crafting for like oh i'd love to squeeze it in that build but i feel i could be wasting this cluster if i wanted to add this to this build it would only be beneficial circumstantially and now they made things more circumstantial but without the penalty it's so so cool what an amazing whoever thought of that you get a medal i love the menu for it too it just looked cool like where you were it was actually breaking down all of your current active skills and then just check mark boxes for which weapon swap do you want to use for which one or do you want to just not care because then it will just use whatever you currently have it just looked really good it looked like really well thought out and it was not something i would have ever thought of like i just it was such a creative idea so yeah that that was really cool it was and from watching the gameplay of Mark, Neon, and Octavian when they were playing together, uh, I have to say I was quite disappointed with the gameplay of, and not the, no fault to the, as far as I know, no fault to the, the streamers that had the opportunity to play, but when you had Ziz, Mathel, and Preach doing gameplay previews, they did the same it was all melee same classes, same skills that I feel we like either they were less all... available. I feel like not all of them are available. Maybe, but that's such a poor thing to give us. Ha like, we're not seeing anything different. I want to see a druid. Like, I hope we get to see a druid today. It wouldn't that be awesome? Oh my goodness, that would be awesome. And it would like it was just so. But so we're not learning much from the other gameplay previews. Hopefully, the other gameplay previews that happened today, uh, the last day of the convention that's coming up. Hopefully, yeah. What time is it? Oh, we're good for time still. <laughs> we're waiting for our 1230 hour time to, to see yeah, to some, watch of, the some stuff, of the stuff but, from yesterday. Uh, we it was really cool to still see some of that stuff. But I remember specifically when Mathel was playing, His was the he was I doing watched. melee and well, he's such a like great job by all of them to play. It's always nerve wracking. You don't want to suck, player, but though. you are. But yes, he is. But it was funny, like he's running away. He's leap slamming away from everything. Like it's really difficult. Mathel was saying like there's like 100 bosses. I feel like every enemy is a boss. Yeah, like, I yeah. feel like I'm farming bosses and it's cool. Like it looks really difficult. It's terrifying the whole way. You really have to know your character and your skills and you're really desperate for weapon upgrades, which is great. But one thing that I thought was really interesting, there was quite a few times where he was completely empty. He was fighting a rare that just was really, really tough and his flasks were empty and he really wanted to use like, we're strategically running away. We're looking for health. Right? I need to fill up my flasks. And so many times we thought he was dead. He thought he was dead, but he kept 
staying alive because of how the skill like, animations move whether it was a well, leech there had slam, been like a life on hit or something because he was definitely it could have been leech for sure too but when he would jump up to do a spell or a massive slam like there was some escapability within the animation that helped him stay alive too so it wasn't just running away that helped him he was at certain points like he's just like run jump run jump anybody's like intentionally attacking and those animations to the damage helped keep him alive so there's some really neat aspects that are going to be coming that completely change how we all play and you're going to be it's like almost playing elden ring it's like i really like this weapon but do i like the move set and now it's like i really like this skill but do I like the moveset? Do I like what my character does to implement this skill? They, he, so I, I, to be honest, didn't fully watch Ziz or I didn't watch Preach at all. I watched a little bit of Ziz, but uh, what was cool with Mathels is that he actually got to a boss. And what was cool about the boss is that it was like a Dark Souls mechanical boss. Like he never ended up killing it. His time ended, but it was this idea of like, you have to somehow get this boss to stay still and then fire a harpoon oh right like it was just cool that there was like it was a very it felt very dark soulsy to me in the way that this boss had mechanics that you couldn't just like burst your damage and kill it you had to actually yeah play the mechanic of the boss i thought that was awesome really cool i i yeah i like that like, as long as it doesn't take away from actually being able to use your character in your build you know what i mean like yeah. that's some elden ring really had a lot of screw-ups this time around there's a lot of bosses where all you're doing is running and running and running you're not actually fighting and like in a, an arena like that once you figure out how to get that boss still back to path of exile and the boss that matha was playing uh it gives you that time to play so hope, hopefully that's it, it does seem really neat really well, really I, neat. I, I, and I, I love the audio cues like there wasn't a too stupid tutorial thing that popped up there was nothing to read it was just like i need to find a way to make him still and i like that it doesn't interrupt my gameplay it lets me know exactly what I need to do, or at least to figure out. My hope is that, like in that style of game where you're playing, the the ability to hit them with the harpoon is what makes them vulnerable, or allows you to now do your damage and work them down, and then you got to keep working the arena that way. Like I, that's fun, and it also is a bit more engaging than right now in Path of Exile. You just run in, spam your abilities. In most cases, don't pick up loot and then move on. So it, it just looked fun, and it just looks so good. Like people who were talking about. Oh, Power of Exile 2 doesn't look that much better than PoE 1. You are on crack. Like, <laughs> no, they've probably seriously. never played before. No, but they're talking about game trip. They they were talking about trailers, and I was like, put the two side by side. It's so smooth. It, I mean, not mobile, but it, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Who didn't test that connection before so it went bad. live? Poor mobile people. Hey, like, uh, it looked fine for them, and it just it was awful. You could not watch it on the stream. It was just all made like, me nauseous. Yeah, I it was like just choppy. Uh, we'll talk maybe about mobile in a minute. But anyway, I, no, that um, was good. Well, the only thing I was going to say about mobile that I think, first off, that's not the same mobile game I played. Why <laughs> did why did you why did they switch it? I don't understand. Like they want to make it tie into Poe two. So instead of taking a game that first off nobody's playing it, it's a mobile game. They should have just kept the the development in the original version that they had and just threw that out there. I mean, like, here's because otherwise you're just constantly trying to update and develop and make it better. And now you've got a, a release date of the that's going to be similar to PoE 2. It's like, oh, it's like no. PoE 2 is going to be first, he said. It really? Jesus. Well, anyway, um, 
yeah, I don't know how it played there. I think Subtractum said that it felt smooth when he was playing it, but oof, it did not look great to watch. But anyway, on a side note, my last thing for PoE Mobile, um, GGG, if you're still taking suggestions on it, do the smart flask system where if I have five health flasks, I only have to hit one health flask. I hope that's in there because having five different flasks on the screen that you have to hit. I think it was actually pretty intuitive. I don't remember how you did it, but I think it was a single button in the uh, in the one that I played. I now granted when I came out because I didn't watch from the start of the mobile one. But when I came out, I was like, what the hell is this? This is they made Path of Exile 2 into a mobile. Like this is not the same game. And then you started watching like, oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> this is not been great. But back uh, to skills anyway, or whatever. Um, yeah. So the bosses looked awesome. Skills look like a lot of fun that the linking system looks great. The way that they the, the stuff they were doing with the skills. Oh, not crazy. linked skills, but linked sockets. Yeah, the linking. <laughs> no, I, I love. OK, this totally so off funny. topic, but obviously was still relevant. 322? Yes, Chris is with 322 or it was, I think the, it was the, 322. Those, it's, yeah, it's for this PoE1. Oh, my goodness. The amount of fun Chris had. Oh, man. Introducing yeah. like the MTX and the different ideas. Like, oh, my goodness. His, his smile. And he, he would have just his little quick comments. Chris, you were absolutely oh, perfect. So fun, it was yeah. hilarious. He's like. Because we can. Because we can. He just talks about how ridiculous <laughs> yeah. they were getting. And like, oh man, oh so good. Like how the items are like circling around you That's after you so pick dumb. them up. And then of course, because they're really pushing their link skills, they have that one link skill that chills freezes. and freezes. And it looked like fun, but good lord, good luck trying to coordinate that one. Oh, hilarious! So anyway, so much fun. Uh, GGG, you raid Justin, despite. The confusion and some of the disappointment, you really made us laugh a oh, lot. So and yeah. it'll be fun to watch it again now that there's no expectation. Like, watch that keynote again. I'm more excited for today. And, oh, definitely. I can't I'm wait so for... I want yeah, to see so the re-recording with Rishi that happened yesterday. I cannot wait for Camille and Kane to do their part. Like, today's got some really good ones for me. I actually am more excited now than I was yesterday for the ARPG roundtable. Like, so it means we just have to record the second part a little bit later because I actually think that's going to be quite good. So granted, when you're hearing this, just keep in mind at this point in the episode, we have yet to hear what happens during the second day. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that was probably the biggest emphasis um, of the showcase that Jonathan and Mark did was skill combos, how they feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Like there was a huge emphasis for you want to chill them or slow them down and then use your glacial cascade or you, you know, you want to use this lightning skill after you've used this lightning skill or while you're standing in this fog thing. And then, of course, trigger skills, right? They were showing the meta gems for trigger skills and now trigger skills reserve spirit instead of mana. And so there was. It's really cool to see how they're because, you know, they want the game to maintain its complexity and probably be 10 times more complicated, but still approachable. And what a great way to do that by simply just being experienced with skills. This kind of skill does this and provides this kind of debuff or does this to enemies. And just in your own head, as you're reading through other cold or lightning or fire skills, whatever it's going to be. You're like, oh, wow, that would be this one's really good against frozen enemies. Look at all that extra damage. Is there a skill that I can use that's easy for me to use that really applies that quickly? And I love how 
They did show a skill with a cooldown. That was the one that had the unleash implicit. Unleash, yeah. mm-hmm. But I, it was despite the fact that they showed that it was so. I don't like cooldowns, and I agree with Jonathan when he said that. I believe it was Jonathan, but I love that the game itself isn't restricting you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's, you've chosen it's to the do it. skill itself. So it's just a slow skill. It's a slow cast time. It's well, your roll is slow because you don't have investment in movement speed. So it's just you don't have to look somewhere to see if your skill is ready. All you're doing is watching your character and just by what your character is doing, you know if that skill is available or not. Let me just note that a helicopter just like attacked the top of my home. (laughs) That was so loud. It felt like the helicopter was actually flying at street level all the way across. All right. Hopefully remove that. Uh, All right, but it's just like it's so that really helps with visual clarity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's so many times where with other skills in Path of Exile, you're waiting for the war cry cooldown. You're waiting for this. And oh, on a side note, war cries can do damage now. What? That's in 322. Yeah. So but it's that's it's such a great way for visual clarity, because if you can maintain uh, an eye on your character, it, I mean, with hopefully with what they said, I'm throwing a random number out there. 90% of the skills available to you are you're not looking at your skills. You just know what the skills are and you know based on what your enemies are doing when you want to. I feel like they know we're recording. <laughs> right? The helicopter's like, <laughs> keep doing it forever, exile, guys. But no, like that's just a really cool part that I'm very excited for. Like it's a lot less staring at the top corner of the HUD to see what my ailments are. It's a lot less staring at my hud to see where my skills are where my cooldown are my flask like it's just the less i need to look into the different corners that they have the better the gameplay experience is so the more that you can show me just by what my character is doing the better it is and i think they've done a fantastic job with that and on a side note it was really interesting to see how similar and different the hud is yeah it's actually kind of funny when they pulled up the character uh screen with the um items in it it, if you actually go back and watch the history of poe the coloring and style of it is actually like back into their like alpha days like the coloring that they've picked to go with it it, lo- it, it looks great it's so weird not seeing links and sockets on your items you know like it's all in a separate menu now and it's very yeah it's very different somebody did make a great point i don't remember who it was but made a good point of saying like when you watched mark and octavian like there's even like a uh maybe it was mathel there's even a higher level of like appreciation for how well they were playing it because they didn't have multiple socketed items that they were using they weren't they hadn't their trees weren't even specced into like um it it just it looks really cool that that thing is going to take me a bit to wrap my head around like even when they did it when mark was playing the uh, there was a I feel like in the same sense that they missed out on talking about gold, they really like jumped into that wicked fast. Whereas if you were new to Path of Exile, you'd have been like, what the fuck? What What is this? They didn't even talk about this screen where all my active skills are here and this is where I'm putting my stuff for. It's like even me, for a person who understands the game, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, yeah. just, just stay just there wait. for a minute. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about it. It's okay to talk about it again. That's yeah. the part we're most excited for. Yeah. So I felt like I missed a little bit about that. I may have to rewatch some of it, but also um, with a lot of the stuff, because I want to go talk into three, about 322 in a minute, but a lot of the Path of XL2 stuff that we're talking about, I just hope that in the another year of development, we just don't see as big of a shift from, like, I want it to be whatever they want it to be, but this compared to what we saw during XLCon, 
not even the same not even the same no. it's besides the socketing system it is crazy different and i love it it's gone in such a good direction but i don't want to be talking about stuff now and in a year go oh they've changed that again you know we might have COVID to thank positively for that though right if like things have to slow down and people are working from home it gives you an opportunity to rehash or be honest with stuff or be like you know what we really should have just done this instead uh let's start from scratch on this and you know, maybe that did provide them some opportunity to do so. Um, I mean, now we are like, we're talking closed beta in a year. That really isn't a lot of time. Nope. Right. Like Especially when you've taken... only done four acts, he said, they still have two more acts. Right. Yeah. When they're saying they still haven't finished the campaign of the acts, but now you're obviously you want your end game to be nailed and you're solidifying all these things. But there's some things like when you had Octavian interviewing the three in the skills discussion, mm -hmm. um, there was a question about vowel skills, but they didn't even, they haven't even touched vowel skills yet. So just the process in which they're going, you don't really have time. Like just from my naive perspective on how they go about, okay, now we're dealing with this. Now we're dealing with this. Now we're dealing with this. When there's clear mechanics that they haven't even touched yet, like vowel skills, you can't get rid of vowel skills. So when you haven't even gone through and made choices about that yet, they don't have the time to make these kind of changes anymore. Like they're a year out of closed beta closed beta is everything's done uh, where if you have like a glaring issue let us know otherwise try and crash the game yeah, for us for and have a good time thing. doing it mm -hmm. and then of course if they decide to do an open beta it's the exact same thing with just the massive stress of a hundred thousand people playing instead of two thousand so yeah they're they're a year away like it's now it from my naive opinion their choices are almost written in stone or in pen. It's not in pencil anymore. And it's just, this is what has to happen next. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. It's too bad that it's still 11 months away before we see that, but I'm still excited. Like it looks great. I uh, just have to accept that we're going to have a number of uh, POE one leagues still to go. 322 looks fun. I'm, I'm not a big MOBA guy. MOBA, but I am still curious to see how the league goes. I love all the new stuff. Like 14 new support gems is crazy. It is. And they have, a number of them actually look like pretty substantial with regards to their changes to how they interact with skills. Oh, that actually does bring up another PoE2 thing. They were talking about support gems in PoE2. They don't want them to boost the skill. They want them to change the skill. Like there's specific wording when you actually watch the presentation when Rory was speaking, but that was really cool. They emphasized that support gems are going to modify the skill. It's just not going to be damage upon damage upon damage. And they said in the rare case that a support gem will give bonus damage, it's going to come with a massive consequence. They attempted something similar to that previously when they changed melee physical support. You know, they added the reduction to um, attack speed when they, you know, changed minion damage support they added the 25% less life. So they, like, they've done something like that, but they weren't revamping, like they weren't getting rid of certain skills, whereas PoE2 gives them the opportunity to just get rid of anything they want, come back with anything they want. And so I am really excited about that because that really changes the investment onto the tree and puts an emphasis on your items as well. Well, one thing that I liked, but I was curious if you would like it, but you didn't actually say anything when we were watching it, was, I, and I think it's cool, but the fact that now support gems will affect the stat requirement so if you are using as opposed blue, to the mana cost right it may it may still affect the mana cost we sure. don't really know but the fact that you know a 111 intelligence skill could all of a sudden be going even higher 
the reason I like that is because I like them trying to control the power creep and that you, if you feel like this is the direction you want to go with that skill, you have to commit to it. And you can't just like, it's not a, what's the word, the kitchen sink? Like it's, you can't get everything. You have to actually start to figure out what it is that you want. So I thought that was a cool way of doing it where it's not just a matter of like, can you find a way to maintain the mana? It's now, do you even have the stats? If you're pushing right. the skill damage, or maybe it's not damage because they said that they want it to affect. I mean, how do you have five supports that change the way a skill acts? Though right. <laughs> that doesn't really, I don't really understand how that's supposed to work. But I thought that was cool that if you want to stack a bunch of blue gems onto it, you're going to increase. What I am curious about though is if does that mean that if I take a blue gem but I put some green or red supports, is there all of a sudden a dex and a strength requirement yes. on it? That's kind of cool. It is, and that's what they were kind of emphasizing. Like if you, because so they were talking about. It's a lot more deterministic crafting. They haven't talked about the crafting bench yet, but this game is very deterministic all of a sudden. Like you don't have a jeweler's orb that could give you up to five extra links. It's there's it's like the Eldritch currency yep. in a way. Like there's a lesser, yeah. medium, greater versions of them, but it's result. guaranteed. So yeah, you have your jeweler's orb that's going to guarantee you three sockets. Boop, there you go. It's like one click. And you know that that jeweler's orb always does that. But same with chromatics, like mm -hmm. they didn't specifically say that there's different kind of chromatics, but they did say that color coding your gems is deterministic. Yeah. So you if you are trying to off color your gem, it's not a big deal. I mean, assuming that this is what it's, you know, in general, what it's called, you have a blue chromatic. And it's like, OK, there you go. I now I have a blue support on my green active skill. And so the, but then when you put something in now, that support costs which is cool because that doesn't happen right, right. now. And I do think that's cool. The one concern I have with it now isn't relevant because that's balance based, right? They're, they can easily at any patch at any time be like, oh, well, fork support used to cost 44 decks, now it costs 33, whatever it is. Just as long as there's not easy, but like the investment is well balanced. You know what I mean? Like the ability to get that for... You know, like if you're using, let's say, a deck skill that costs 150 and you want, you know, five green supports with it is getting it still has to that, be realistic. Right. Too, yeah. yeah. I don't want it to be the primary part. Yeah, of character my building. whole tree is just like stats. It's right. All <laughs> if they decide to keep tattoos. Right. Which yeah, yeah. seems really cool. Oh my in the God, current Chris couldn't game. even speak trying to get the tattoo part I out. Know, wasn't that great? <laughs> awesome. He's like, you can tell that I really just so excited about trying to get to just tell you what tattoos are. But oh, he, oh man, they're so great. Like watching every one of those employees up there, they really do care. They're oh, they so excited. It. And I mean, this is like 322 is what expansion number 50. I don't know what it would yeah, be. You know what I mean? Like it is, yeah. it's a lot and they're still so excited about it. It's not just like, man, like having this one game for this long is really a lot. Oh, I love like, it. And I love it. And then, you know, he's, he's making fun of himself that he dies all the time. Right. There was that unique league item that cast a portal cast on a death. Portal. He's like, awesome. that's for me <laughs> to save me time. And just and two slots. <laughs> <laughs> on but portal. so like it's great and then of course they're bringing in i i don't care about this mechanic i i'm not a fan of mechanics that go core that have nothing to do with the arpg experience it's like trying to add a different like game what? 
Well, Blight would be one of my long-standing ones where the tower defense version... There is still an ARPG aspect to it, though. Yeah. There are slashing and killing enemies. Yeah, and I mean, and, and you know... Maybe they... not if you take the new keystone, where you're like, yeah, I do nothing, towers do 300%. That's awesome. <laughs> sure it is, but like, you know, to me, those are things like they're fine for a time, but they're not the game. But at least you're not forced into it. Well... You're not. You could, you could choose not oils to Oils are important, right? You can like, get oils in other things but yeah some but definitely not the same and then mm -hmm. same with the types of oils i forget what they're called that let you like dismantle amulets um and then blight especially with how the tree is currently built that is where you want to get that um and so now we have what's it called um the stealth game sanctum sanctum with the sanctum floors awesome it's going core yeah and hopefully better if they, if they are actually using your own mitigation to affect the resolve. That's awesome. Yes. Hopefully it's not just damage types, right? Because you have armor and evasion and energy shield. And they did say what those three do, but yeah, there's also the dodge one or evasion was like 6% chance to not well, lose resolve. I was like, no, but we don't know what their evasion. I don't know what it look was, like in the end. But here's but. the thing. Like there are certain skills that specifically just give damage reduction, right? Like, you have physical damage reduction. Do endurance charges help mitigate? Well, endurance gives you armor, right? Uh, endurance charges give you physical damage mitigation. It's not armor. It's, not it's armor. flat. It's flat damage mitigation like uh, resists are. Yeah. And so, you know, you get something like Arctic armor. Okay, well, that reduces physical damage and fire damage taken. It's not a damage... It's not a defense... Act it's not a defense mechanic, though. Or, sorry, it is. So I don't know what the word I'm looking for. It's not armor it's not defense it's not armor evasion or energy shield so does that apply to what's the currency what's your health bar resolve resolve so if though like those are things that i like to use and depend on in the game because they're a lot less circumstantial to the type of enemy that you're fighting i of course still try and have defense types but i would be I, i'd have less criticism to cruise no not crucible what's it called sanctum sanctum going core if like the whole idea of now these defensive mechanics apply to your resolve. Awesome. Like that makes it a lot more the ARPG game, just like a it side is still, game. whether you like it or not, though, a part not stealth, but I don't get hit. Like yeah. no matter what they do with regards to the mitigation, there still has to be this idea of you could fail the roguelike because that's the idea of a roguelike. So, but the one nice thing is when they do something like Sanctum and it coming core, it's again, not something you have to do. Like you could choose to do it. Some people will love to do it, but you don't have, you could literally never look at Sanctum. Just like we, there's some leagues we just don't ever look at, but for, it was a very, very well-received league. And it so was it's cool for it to be coming out for those people that really want to, that really want to play it because it, it, it does give a bit of a switch up to just spamming map. Yeah, no, it's very true. Just as long as the rewards of the mechanic aren't core or sorry, aren't outside of i keep wanting to call it crucible what's it called sanctum sanctum like for example the relics if those relics are well, the relics only affect you in there now they're not they're not bringing back sanctified relics sanctified relics affected you outside of the ah, sanctum. okay they're not bringing Good. those back the only thing that is in only in sanctum is there are some uniques there's some uniques that you can only get from the boss at the end and that to me is fine to, to me that's fine as well whatever mechanic it is there's a different focus and but and because uniques aren't required they're not just passive boosts they're very build specific none of them are required i think that's a great way to go about it so i think if you bring something core like sanctum 
you have to remove the sanctified flask because you can't make someone feel like they have to do it or they're going to play worse than someone who chose to do it. And I think that's a good reason. I know everybody loves sanctified flasks. I love sanctified flasks, but you were completely forced to go and play in there. Now, I know that they're making the normal relics tradable, which is fine um, if somebody wants to use them. But I do. I'm so much happier that sanctified relics won't be in. So I won't feel like I have to go and focus right. on sanctum. If I'm playing sanctum, it's because I want to play sanctum. What were the rewards for the current MOBA league? What's it called? Trials of the something. Trials, Trials of the, of the ancestors. ancestors. To that effect. 322. Uh, what yeah. were the what? What were the rewards? Like well, the rewards were actually pretty cool because you pick. You get to see it ahead of time. And if you can defeat that. So it's a, it's, you're, you're in, a, comp, you're in a, uh, a fight against three different up to. I think it carries on three times. And you pick who you want to attack and it shows you what your reward's going to be. Like in one of the examples, there was a Mega Nord's unique belt was one of the rewards. If you happen to beat that, that team, your reward was the Mega Nord's. And if you, if you progress on, then you get to the next one and then you'll get a new set of things that you can mm -hmm. win. So I like that because yeah. it's, you're picking, you know, what you're trying to get. And then the difficulty is probably scaled based on whatever that potential reward is. The, the one thing that's, it, going to be interesting to see i mean they are definitely going like outside the scope trying new things with this because this does this is so bizarre to have it in path of exile it just doesn't fit but it's kind of fun because for me it's like something again that you can just when you don't feel like mapping go play around with this and try it out and and have a different experience and it's really kind of cool to have like a team of people fighting with you Yes. No, because at first that you I was kind of like, chose. I'm always team the button and they're just saying play and see what happens. Like, I don't want to do that. But I love that you set it all up and then you're in there yeah. with them trying to like, you know, yeah. attack and plan it out. So. I'm a big fan. Like we were talking last night about the old school Rainbow Six games where you're in control of your Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta teams. Totally. We were talking about Dragon Age and how, yeah, you love After Dark people. We almost talked. We almost hate his head. We almost talked about Path of Exile. Uh, but, you know, Dragon Age and you're in part charge of your team and you're going through and you're building up the different RPG aspects. And I like that. Like, I know that's what MOBAs are. And I said at the beginning, I'm not a big mobile fan. They're a lot less RPG-ish in that way, unless you're actually leveling up the turtle and all this. But I, one thing that I was really impressed with, uh, actually, they did talk about co-op with that, did they? But I don't, I, you know, I don't remember. But did briefly. the one thing that I did like is that it did seem like those team members, the AI team members that you could have, were good enough yeah. that you didn't have to do everything. They weren't just distractions. Like, I could be my slow tanky player and have and your the wolf too. phoenix thing go off and actually destroy the totems like that's a legit way to win and awesome because i'm slow and i loved hearing again back to path of xl2 then path of xl1 that slower stationary players are constantly being considered sure there's limitations to buffing them or making them more legit in the current game but the setup of how skills work and the benefit of stationary versus it seems like it's a lot more even keeled in path of exile that's why you should love chieftain they that's focused on slow oh. players to the point where it's a slow player that doesn't even move there was a stationary <laughs> perk but all the ones that i for my current righteous i'm not gonna you're be one so of those players like, oh, i don't like what you did with chieftain because you messed with my build it's just because you're right it does Arvin. screw up my build completely totally. i don't really well it you would ha your focus would become substantially different in the right you could still it do is. righteous fire chieftain well there's it no leech harder. 
And there was no, I was really surprised in the Chieftain that's coming up. There's no life regen keystones. There still might be yeah, in the is. transition, but their life regen was, was the life not regen in, on the Guardian. I thought the top one was a life. Re, the Guardian had some life regen. Uh, the, the Guardian changes were quite cool. Um, Neither of them are good enough for me to be still like, not tempting player. for me as an aura player. I've always had criticisms to ascendancy changes. Granted, they didn't haven't done many, but the old Pathfinder when it came to Herald of Agony, when Herald of Agony first came out. And then when the they changed the Guardian to the purity of Herald of Purity, I think it was. Okay. Both of those skills, when they introduced those Herald skills, they had specific keystones on those ascendancies for those. And I don't like that. Yep. To me, that's a lot less. That's further away from the path of any ascendancy can use any skill. Just find a way to make it work. And so now that the like, I'm curious what the Guardians new summons are. Yeah, I hope that. But they are very specific too. there's two. Uh, oh. There's an elemental relic and then there's oh, right. something yeah, else, some sort of sentinel that shows up. So I'm really curious what those are. Mm -hmm. And if they do, then more if they do more than just what the tooltip says, because the tooltip or not tooltip, but the little line underneath the, the sentinel. Is just that it takes 10% of the damage you would take from attacks. And I was like, hopefully there's more. Hopefully that's that. just a buff that you get as yeah. opposed to. Hopefully yeah. it actually does something as well. So, yeah, we'll see what those are like. Like for me, I always have to see things in gameplay. But for my Righteous Fire build that's currently using the Chieftain, it all revolves around endurance charges, gaining and losing endurance charges, uh, all the life regen you get from it. The big boost, like the biggest turn on for me was actually just that plus 100% of fire resist mm -hmm. that you get. So it was a lot easier for leveling. So don't know what I'm going to do with my Righteous Fire build, but that's not a, um, that's, that's not a criticism or a complaint. It's life as a Path of Exile player, yeah. right? And the life of a standard player. Yeah, right. So uh, it does mean, though, that I don't think I can stomach being a juggernaut with Righteous Fire. I hate being a cookie cutter. Like, I just oh, don't God. want Who to cares? do. Just don't pay attention to what other people do. I know. It's just know. so difficult being what everybody else does. You know what I mean? Like, I might go back to an elementalist and use the golems. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe I'll do a righteous fire guardian instead. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, what else did we have? So 322 is looking exciting. That's going to be fun. Uh, so I'm just quickly scrolling through to it so we don't miss anything. We did the... What else did we get to see? The Ed, Rory, and Jonathan was fun to watch. Matt Damon there. Yeah, Matt Damon in the middle. Gosh, gorgeous employees. GGG, oh, yeah. good for you. So cute. Uh, that was cool. The animation part, we were kind of like Matt, but the actual skill stuff they talked about was, was fun. And then what do we have? Some gameplay. Oh, the oh. narration was great, hey? With Kit and Cat Noodle. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah, do your yep, thing. That was next. Yep, you're right. That was good. That was really interesting. She's, I really she's like hearing like the that. perfect person to have oh. spoken to him because she gets what he's talking about. There were so many times that those two said words that I was like, eh. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we were wondering at the beginning, at the very like the pre-show, who the statue was behind yeah, purple and green leg lady. And then so then they were talking and we're like and then all of a sudden, when we saw the the different presentations, we're like, that's a 322 lady. Oh, okay. And then when Kick and Cat Noodle's there, and then she's like, and Hinakora, and she does the little hand thing for the statue behind him. And we're both like, oh, 
Yeah, I yeah we that totally part. knew that. I actually missed her doing that because then later Tyler said, oh, yeah, that, that's Hina Cora. And I was like, who? Right. And then I'm like, Justin, like the it's a chieftain keystone. OK, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but it was really cool hearing them talk. She's talking to the only writer for GGG now. Like there used to be three of them and now it's just one. And so everything. And so now she's like totally nerding out about her favorite part of the game. You know what I mean? She's just such a lore fan. He accidentally confirmed something for her that he didn't mean to. Right. About I didn't even catch on to that. About Alva dying or not dying. Jonathan accidentally, I think, maybe calls her a time traveler traveler, when. She didn't hear that. She was doing something else Isn't at the she? time. I just, I don't know, Val. You could well, tell me any of them are tri- time travelers. I'd be like, all right. Yeah, but like Jonathan specifically said he, she's Alva's a time. I think it was Jonathan said she's a time traveler. And then you have uh, the writer. What was his name? Matt. Matt. And I liked how that said King Cat Noodle and Matt. <laughs> and uh, but it was just really neat to see them talk. And like for her him being so impressed with some of her questions she knows the stuff right like, yeah like she actually heard, it's not like he doesn't know who she is i mean there's yeah, one well, lore person he, he's kept up with her stuff yeah she's done and it was fun watching her decipher stuff again i was lost for most of it but it was cool to hear two people talk about the like very love the lore they're just that's yeah. their thing and trying to figure out you know she's asking questions trying to like gauge when she it was cracking me up because she's like i don't know if you'll answer and i was like I don't even know what you're right. asking. Like, what is, like, is that Doriani's Machinatum or whatever it was? And he's like, it's oh, very interesting that you me. would go there. <laughs> no, like, they were so great. It was, it was awesome. a lot of fun. And that was, I mean, that was something we were definitely going to watch. But it's probably the only thing we were excited to watch that we didn't care about or that were. Well, that we don't understand. As, right. Totally yeah. Like, understand. we're excited for skills and we know what that's going to mean. We're excited for how the animations work in the tree and this and like the sockets and all that kind of cool stuff. And then of course there's Lauren's like we care about lore, but it, I don't know. It was just really interesting to watch because it was the one. Yeah. I guess you said it perfectly. It's the one thing we don't know anything about that. We were still very curious about. It's cool. That was the one cool thing about mobile is that mobile is based on 20, 20 years before uh, path of Excel. Yeah. So that's kind of cool if you're into that kind of stuff. And I like that Matt talked about the idea of trying to make lore work for idiots and also that it's going to it's going to be different be now based on like, are you interacting with the NPCs? And if you're not, they're kind of going to mock you and, you know, and not understand why you're there, right. which I feel like that's probably what eventually most people are just going to hear. Sure. You know, like as you play through the campaign. Too well, because he's a Zoom Zoom player, he was yeah. saying before he joined the company. And so that was really interesting that, of course, they're still maintaining the prospect that you don't have to interact with NPCs at all if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You can still accomplish the quest, but they are going to treat you different if you did skip and just by complete chance did exactly what the NPC wanted you to do. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting to hear. And then, of course, now because he's the only writer, there's a lot more cohesiveness to the mobile POE 1 and POE 2 story. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more intertwined. It's not as fragmented. And it was also really neat to hear him nerd out about... um, um previous leagues and previous content uh but most specifically starts with an s oh people synth- loved it and hated synthesis. it it was map building yes synthesis. synthesis all right we're gonna wrap this up uh because we gotta go watch the thing and i can hear somebody about to like cut the lawn or i hear a, a weed whacker or something 
going. Um, let's wrap this up. We're going to go watch part two. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the XL Conks. This is going to come out obviously after it's over, but uh, we will catch you in part two. So I'm not even going to do Which our It starts ending. in like five seconds. Tyler's just going to do his little song to send us out. What song? Oh, oh, oh! And we're back. <laughs> Part two, but it's still the same episode. I haven't seen Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail in a very long time, and I am ashamed to say that I have not watched it every single year of my life. But that's how I remember their intermission music going. They had like a 30 second intermission in the movie and that's how I remember it. So I hope it's pretty much nailed it relatively close that people could at least connect the two dots. I got to try and not move around so much. I noticed that uh, because Tyler and I are holding the mics like real pros because, uh, yeah, we're still in person. Hanging out in the living room, hanging out on the couch. Yeah, we just finished uh, day two of ExileCon. We ended just after the round table, so we're not watching the race at the end. We might catch that later, but it wasn't really, wasn't something we were going to talk about, so there was no reason to wait. So here we are recording after day two. And what a day two. I, I it. have to admit, now that the expectations, our expectations are ignored or passed, and we've kind of discussed the highs and lows of the hopes of the initial keynote presentation and then the disappointment. But also, like if we were to rewatch the keynote dis- uh, presentation now, we'd be like, oh, 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 but we've seen so much gameplay. We've seen so many Q&As. I mean, the last talk we just saw yeah, with awesome. those seven, one, two, three, four. Yeah, seven um, our ARPG super studs mm-hmm. it was just so awesome. Crypt did a fantastic job with yeah, really all good. of his questionnaires and interviews that he did. And what an interesting little dynamic. I agree with him at the beginning. That would have been rad for 10 hours instead of one, but pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, day day two, uh, the level of epicosity was uh <laughs> oh, who came up with that? Mark. Was that Mark? Mark? Oh yeah, man. He said it in his little chat with uh I don't remember who it was with. But it was in his. Oh, they were talking about bosses. Was, that was at the beginning of the streamer day. That was a rewind from yesterday. Oh, was it the? And re- so okay. it was the first thing that we saw. I think we didn't listen to the. Uh, no offense to the individual doing it, but rendering path. I heard it was actually really good. Oh, we're gonna so have to after rewatch, rewatch okay. that. But yes, we did miss the rendering. But that was just because we were recording this, and I was editing, and it was basically as fast as we could get done. The amount of content that we are putting out for this episode is so much more than normal. So especially if you're a patron, you're going to enjoy a lot of extra, a lot of extra content. So anyway, so welcome to part two, part two, but it's all in the same episode. You know, we don't leave you hanging. Mm-mm. So it's just a little bit of Tyler's song. And it's like, we, uh, it's like we never left. So let's talk about today. We saw the part with the bosses with neon, which was cool. Yeah, it definitely uh, did a lot of confirmation them, right? for us in that, like how the hitboxes in today's game are just a big square. The hitboxes for that game are as close to the body structure as possible, which is the difference between being capable of moving under large monsters or the game auto aiming. If it's not with your mouse, the game auto aiming to the closest part of the hitbox for it. Um, I don't think they mentioned anything like certain parts of the hitbox are more vulnerable than others, like in other games like um, 
Yeah, yeah it's not like you're going to hit a leg and like, knock them over or something. Or like a head and it's an extra damage point. I don't think they mentioned anything like that, but it's still going to hit the most convenient part. And just the pride that he has in his boss designs and how proud he is of just bosses in general. You ask him anything, what's your favorite boss? Before you even finish the question, he's like, boss, boss, boss. No. And... Yeah, it was a really interesting one to the point where he was so excited about it. He didn't even get to talk about the new 600 monsters. All he talked about was bosses. Yeah, it was cool seeing the different bosses and the the mechanics behind them and their thoughts behind how they were going to work. And they looked awesome. Like they looked really good. Very. It's crazy, too, because it's 100 bosses in the axe. Six axe. Six axe. And and it's just that's crazy. And there I mean, granted, we saw. I don't know, maybe six bosses through the whole week, maybe six, sure, bosses maybe total, eight. And but they all did different. a great job controlling which boss, like they were all available in the demos, right? And I mean, but they didn't show act one almost at all. Nobody played the monk yeah, in all the playthroughs. Everybody picked the freaking warrior. Yeah, it was a bit annoying. I, you know, uh, I'm going to say like one, one critique to them doing, a, you know, the idea of them doing Excelcon this early with regards to it is, I, I, they should have had all the classes available to be seen and played. Like we never got to saw the witch. We never got to saw, uh, the, the druid. Like there were a number of ones that we didn't get to see, which was a bit unfortunate because I, it did feel like we were just watching the warrior over and over and over. And even, and this is no offense to Ziz because he can pick whatever class he wants, but he was the first gameplay to happen outside of the official demo. And he picked the sorceress, but they were just playing the sorceress. So yes, he was the only one that ended up picking the sorceress, but he picked a class that they'd just finished playing on the demo for us Twitch viewers. And then he goes and he plays the same thing. And it ended up being a good choice because if you were to only watch the gameplay demos that the streamers did, that he was the only one that did that. But then, and then everybody the else picked the warrior Crip. until you got to Crip, who did the... Um, Huntress. Huntress. Huntress, yes. And that was really exciting because they actually played with um, new weapon base types mm-hmm. and new skills. And um, Crip got an hour, so he was given unofficial permission to really take his time, read everything, kind of explore. And so it was pretty cool to see all those bosses, though, getting back to that, all the different ones they did. But then they kept going back to the same ones, even the ones like that Camille was showing music for and all that. They, were, they made sure that all bosses were the same you know yep. what i mean it was the same eight or whatever were going to come up so so then after that we had the item design which was with uh dane and rishi which that that presentation was fantastic wasn't it like like dane it was cool to hear from he's very passionate very about the artwork, which was really cool yeah. and just listening to his you know descriptions and how he talked about it was really good and then rishi with the mechanics of stuff it, it's really fun hearing from their developers. And again, I think we mentioned this already in the first part of the episode, but it's so clear their passion for their game. They like, really like it. Like yeah. there's I, maybe they only pick people. Maybe they're like yeah. the only 12 <laughs> people at GGG that like their job. And, you right. know, so that's why they were picked to be on stage. But no, it really seems like everyone there is like, I, I am a, I am making this game better and I know how to make it better and I'm excited to make it better. Like even when Dane was like, this is how I've designed them all. This is how just the icons look right now. This is this. They can, they might change everything. This might have nothing to do with gameplay later on or how it's implemented into the game, but like how all single-handed 
melee weapons face the right and all how two-handed weapons face the left and all those little details but it was really neat to see and of course the i mean the game mechanics and just the excitement on rishi's face and seeing how it all works together but all the little questions you have about the game that are unintentionally answered just as they're talking in general you know what i mean like when Mm. chris is talking in that big q a at the end or when jonathan's talking in his q a or all of them like they just there's just small little sentences they say that make you like oh oh okay where it's not a part of the actual answer but it's a question that you had that you forgot about for so long or you didn't even know you had yeah so that's for me the real excitement for watching all the ggg comments and interviews i think it's a lot of fun for sure do you remember what we were just talking about even though there's like a half a second gap between that we had a little break like we never left right except we have no idea what we were just saying. yeah we were finishing up just chatting about rishi and dane oh right and it was yeah. great it was good oh, i, it was I enjoyed fantastic. it i love it they're so fun and it's just so fun seeing people's faces as they're talking about things and interacting with the crowd unfortunately they don't have the i mean you said it would suck but i think it would be fun if they had the crowd mic'd next time because no because then you'd hear too many other people that were booing like when they don't like the change they're making i mean it only happened once that we heard oh yeah what was that what it was, was rishi change? it was it was one of the things we're coming up to but it was their talk about um oh it was when they were on the panel not yeah. in rishi's um no it was the panel so anyway th- th- they were really good then we had the stream around table which we didn't really watch no we didn't and then we did some lunch i think around then and then we had the developer panel which was this was really cool this was uh john Jonathan, Mark, Rory, and Rishi. That was very interesting. Yeah, that one was all just around uh, everything. Just Just Q&A, whatever whatever people had already come up with uh, at the convention. Yeah. Sorry, if you hear us like snapping or like, (laughs) we're we're not talking to each other. My dog is staring at the door for some reason as if something's about to happen. Chica, Chica, hi. So anyway, uh, yeah, their panel was, there there, there were good questions. The panel was fun to listen to. I love Rory. Like I find Rory is just super, he's very knowledgeable. He's well-spoken, but he's kind of shy. So it's like when he talks, you really want to pay attention to what he's saying because he knows what he's saying. And he's also a part of so many of the decisions or Mm. hopes. Like I remember him at the, was it the last Exile? No, it was one of the Bay class interviews like a couple of years ago after a league launch. And he was the, the, interviewer after the the announcement and he was talking about his excitement of finally getting Harold of agony into the game mm-hmm. you know what i mean and how long he'd been hoping for it and then this one just his excitement of like he's been wanting spirit to be in the game for years yeah, he, was he said that, right. and now poe 2 is finally his chance to put it back forward to the bosses again and see and so it's kind of neat when you have somebody that's involved in so much of the creativity as opposed to just the application to have so much knowledge about the game so it it is very cool and then of course you have uh, items and and uniques and the passive tree and then you have monsters and enemies and game mechanics like sorry like with harishi and then you have the game mechanics with uh with mark but i mean they all know so much right so it's really uh it's just so interesting having them chit chat and there was some interesting information that came out of that that both of us kind of liked and were curious about how to play out one was the talk of no crafting table um, was interesting. Amazing. Interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. we were talking in the first half of this episode about how it's just really cool how deterministic things are now. 
to getting rid of and this is we didn't discover we only knew about the chromatics and the jewelers and how those were going to work but that was very deterministic and then since then we've discovered that there's no more alt spamming like alterations have been completely removed from the game chaos orbs are completely different now so yeah, i don't know if i like it's it. like an anal and an exalt wrapped in one mm -hmm. which what are they going to do about exalts and anals like well i mean that's yeah. an interesting thing it is i well, the, 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 I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on if there is still actually no crafting table in the end. Like the idea he was saying was no crafting table, but you can use gold to buy the items from the vendors and the vendors can have gear that might have stuff that helps you out as you're leveling, which is cool. Um, I don't know where I fall on the whole case. Like they're, the way that he talks and that they talk about it is this idea of that they want the loot to be the loot that drops. That's the loot that you're getting. And I, I could not agree more but if something doesn't change with loot this doesn't fix it in no. fact this actually might make it worse so like now you have plan. to pick up so much more in hopes that it's legit and right. there's so much garbage so one thing they did not and i was disappointed that was one question that was missed in every q a was that drop rates drop quantity that yep. kind of stuff they they re i mean jonathan mentioned something cool that they're i mean unofficially getting rid of quantity and only using rarity as a double down for like if you have high rarity that's also meaning like your your currency drops are going to drop from that and bosses are going to drop a lot more currency and it's your best place to get rare currency and so that was really cool to simplify that aspect because it, to anyone that's not a poe vet that means the exact same thing rarity is sweet there's a rarer currency i have higher rarity i'm going to have that drop with a higher rarity number so that makes a lot of sense and so it was interesting to hear how they would go from this non-crafting to crafting but then also getting rid of the alts but now it's like you know though i think if you get rid of the alts you've made magic items not super useful and you're never going to be trying to get a magic item set the way you want before you would regal it you're hoping on drops what i feel like a lot of the times when they were talking is that they're it's really pushing Ruthless into PoE2, which is fine for some, you know, like there's no Quicksilver flasks. There's no crafting Yeah, table, that's right. And I love their firm answer. Yeah, which is fine, but Die you have to make the, you have to make the drops better because Path of Exile 2 can't be Ruthless in the sense that you can't just go like, you're never going to see an item. And when you see an item, it's probably going to give you one stat that's going to work for you. It has to drop still a lot of items or good items and then you you know the in the chaos example like that uh, again you have to we'd have to play it and like play it for a while to get a better understanding because their feeling was well we didn't want a chaos to just be like as if you just got another rare you just roll a chaos onto it and it's an it's it's as if another rare just dropped and that's what's happening and in this case now it's like well no you can roll off a random modifier and add a random modifier. Okay, well, uh, you so I could just brick my item if I happen to roll off the high life or something that I needed on that on that item. So I I, like I, I don't want to see ruthless PoE two. I want to see it brings stuff in that you think works in ruthless. That's fine, but I still want to see items on the ground often. And if you're going to say that those should be my upgrades, then you, they you have to be do good. something to the drops. Yep. So maybe rarity i really loved your idea that maybe rarity also improves the chance of having higher tier roles on those items yeah that would be awesome. or i mean the old idea that you and i have talked about a hundred times of 
the higher the item base, the higher the lowest threshold is for the lowest tier of mod it can but roll. It so roll to it. quickly explain that, if you have an item 86, uh, pretend all the item levels are going to be the same in PUE2. You have an item level 6, item level 86 item drop. Maybe the lowest tier it can drop or roll is a tier five and up. tier five or tier Something. six, right? And then, because then, I mean, all, all this like dependency on crafting will work if a lot of mediocre items drop, because you can make a mediocre item into a good item with one change. You cannot make a crap item turn into a good item with very deterministic crafting and no crafting bench you know like we're talking like there's no craft do you think the crafting bench doesn't come after you beat the axe like maybe that's no that unlocks. i don't i think that this is yeah, very intentional like uh, well it has to there has to come from somewhere where do you get the the random one-off things that can you can get on an item like triggers a, a spell like i get it there, that's not i guess that's not a great example because that kind of stuff isn't going to exist but there are some modifiers unless they're going to become part of the normal pool of modifiers, which if that's the case, I, it just makes me a little bit nervous because when I, the more I listen to them talk and I do like the ideas, I'm fine with it. You want to dump Quicksilvers? Okay. Let's see how that plays <laughs> I'm out. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm let's see how that, that plays out. But, um, <laughs> all right. You might've just heard my dog bark, but Anyway, if you want to get rid of all that stuff and bring in that sort of ruthless style, I I'm not I'm not opposed to it, but I don't want to play ruthless POE. I I just don't. That's not my style of game. I don't want to play ruthless. So I want to still see gear. I still want to see items, and I want to know that I can get items that are going to be better for me, and not at this like you know terrible rate and the hope of a uh, you know having to roll a regal on an item. We're back again. Uh, dog removed. We've forgotten what we were talking about again. Oh, you were talking about um, a lack of crafting bench. How things? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to see blue items drop and hope for that. I have regals to spare, and then yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just, I just I don't want to play ruthless. That's all I'm saying. So, however it comes through, I don't care if they make the changes. I'm I'm fine with it as long as they still make Path of Exile a loot based game. That's not a rare rare loot based game. Right now, here's like a lot of ruthless seems to be going in. I mean, you don't know what drop rates are going to be like. I mean, maybe chromatics are really rare. Maybe they're really common. Who knows? Crafting recipes are still in the game, despite the fact that the majority of your stuff so doesn't for turn in for currency anymore. Like your main source of transmutes so how is, is there no longer recipe? turning. Does that mean like uh, you're not selling stuff for chromatics? So what's the well? You might sell stuff for chromatics. We just didn't see them trade. Like well, everything but, but gear that doesn't was... roll with sockets. So like, oh right, yeah. Oh, I wish uh, Octavian expanded on that crafting recipe question. Yeah, because they were really quick to be like, yeah, crafting recipe's still in there. And and then we saw them. We saw somebody sell some items and they got gold. And I was like, well, right. So you're right. So you can't get chromatics anymore. Or sorry, uh, you can't. There's no more linked gear for chromatics the old-fashioned way there's no more six socket for that there's no six uh socket for the jewelers so uh, they have new crafting recipes who knows what they are i do like the inclusion of gold though as a more condensed version of currency if you're not going to get your normal currency from trading in like the transmutes and the alterations that you and maybe elk shards that you would normally get from turning 
all that in. I mean, that was a nice way to stock that up. So they're obviously, you know, in retrospect, now they're going to be changing the drop rates of these currency items and over time too, right? Remember, this isn't going to come out perfect, but now you're getting, all you're getting for the most part is gold. Gold, needs gold its own helps slot you find. Gold needs its own slot in the UI. The fact that it's agreed. in your stash that was is a, awful. That was a, not Grimrow, that was um, Gazzy that said that. And I agree. I agree. Um, the prospect though of gold basically helping you find a base type is interesting because that's essentially all it is it's helping you find a base type that you can build upon so now you're running with transmutes yeah the new orbs look cool too they do the new orbs uh, transmutes very, very augments cool. regals alchemies chaos divines it's interesting. So yeah, I'm really curious to see what those drop rates are going to be and how overflowing are going to be with certain items or if we're going to need to be very careful. Uh, I'm sure those the drop rates of items will change tons. I think we're still going to have way more loot than I'll ever want just because of the amount of base types that they seem to have already. They seem to have so many base types for so many different types of armor and weapons already, but they're not doing the redundant implicit system that they're currently doing in path of exile one so like, the implicits look pretty cool on the ones they do they look amazing but how many are there going to be because if there are that many different implicits that aren't building upon each other for example the calling calling and convening one or calling convening and convoking ones you know you have that implicit that slowly gets better almost every excuse me sorry uh, almost every implicit is like that now where you have the lower middle and better version of it sometimes that goes up four or five tiers like in a, in a chest piece so imagine though if in this game every base type had a different implicit that'd be crazy but there's way more base types in this game than they're saying are in poe2 so hopefully ah, this is this sounds really stupid saying it out loud but hopefully we don't have to have a customized filter hopefully the default filter there's no way You're i'm just I'm not necessarily the default filter but just like how their items are like hopefully that's okay like now it's stupid and impossible but hopefully for poe2 it's actually fine you can improve upon it sure but hopefully it's fine yeah i don't think so i, I think it'll still be a make your own filter type thing but yeah, the, their talk was cool. It was fun hearing them answer questions. And the, I thought the questions were actually quite good. And one thing that I said to Tyler while we were watching it, one of the things I really like with Jonathan and Mark is they're unapologetically just set. Like they'll yeah. say what they're thinking and how they want to do it. And they're okay. Yeah, if you we, like these it. are the decisions that we've made and yep. you'll get used to it. You'll be fine, customer. Yep. It was fun too hearing one of the questions actually make Mark kind of like open his eyes and he's like, oh. Huh. With the idea of like doing a cast on dodge. like Yeah, that that's role. right. He seemed actually quite interested in that. Well, he said it, shortly later, he's like, well, we've already confirmed we're going to do a cast on dodge. <laughs> <laughs> cast on dodge. Right. Uh, yeah. No, they are so good with just that humility that comes with knowing they don't know everything, but they're doing their absolute best. And yeah, it was really cool watching them all up there and answer those questions live. Yeah, I thought um, the questions were good. One thing that actually really, what, what is that? Oh, my notes didn't save my last two notes. Um, 
this was actually in the first session of the day, but I forgot to say it was. So remember you and I were talking about like the different kinds of classes or ascendancies that were going to be added to the game. Of course, we didn't know that they were going to be added in this way, but we were talking about, okay, so every class is going to have another class with a whole bunch of other ascendancies and all that kind of stuff. And so we were guessing about which ones and we said like, oh, there has to be a warlock. There has to be a druid. There's has to be a monk and that kind of stuff. So we were right on a few of them, but it was funny hearing Jonathan. I think this was just in his one-on-one Q&A where he's like, it's funny how the classes and ascendancies actually worked out because we knew we really wanted a druid class, but we had nowhere to put it. So it was basically them forcing themselves to have a druid class. And I think they put that in the um, int dex category. Was it? I forget which category it was, but anyway, and that's where they matched. And they're like, okay, well, now that we have two classes for the index category, well, now we have to have two classes for every attribute category, all six, meaning strength, dex, int, and then all the split classes. So it's kind of funny how the druid basically was the catalyst for how they were organizing the new system. But Mm -hmm. interesting, because we were asking each other questions while we were waiting for day two to show up. And as we were, you know, we went to the gas station to get some treats and stuff. And it's like, what's going on with the Scion? Like we remember the list of all the characters in the trailer and there was nothing Scion related. Uh, maybe one of the extra characters is a Scion, but then we start asking questions and then one of us went back through the trailer of the, the actual, um, the third POE2 trailer, the first one that they put out uh, yesterday. And all of a sudden we realized that we, we paused the video and in the center of the tree is the warrior icon like where your ascendancy is whatever you class you pick right and then all of a sudden and this was before they confirmed that the scion's no longer going to be in the game at all that there's going to be enough variety and capability of travel with the new tree and with the new variety of ascendancies that yeah rory said it just didn't fit right and so they were just scrapping the scion completely but it was pretty cool to discover that and then see that we're actually going to start in the center of the tree and the passive tree looks totally different it looks fun they say you'll be able to travel better from one side to the other but it's still going to be there's going to be it said it'll be easier to spec into generic content for example like with axes there's only one axe cluster yep. everything else will be generic so like then there'll be probably one mace one scepter one all of this but then everything else will be generic damage and he did emphasize that so that's really exciting mm-hmm. yeah i agree i think it'll be pretty cool they had so after their talk we had uh crit played for a bit which was fun to watch. That was nice because Crip was playing the one ascendancy that nobody else was touching. And that was the, the Huntress. Huntress. The Huntress wasn't in any of the demos. Yep. Whereas the monk and the warrior and the sorceress were. So that was nice. And that's what he spent. He was the only one that had 45 minutes. Everyone else had half an hour. He mm-hmm. had an hour, but he used his first 45 minutes on the class that nobody had seen yet. And so, except for the very beginning of 2019, when they were doing the spear work at the beginning of Act 2. Right. And so, that was really cool to see. And uh, definitely took his time with the skills and troubleshooting. And it wasn't done with arrogance. There was just a lot of nice humility of trying to figure things out and checking things out for us. And that was a nice gameplay for sure. Yeah, we saw uh, before, I think before we watched his thing, you and I uh, were looking at the character, the new character screen, which is 
looks pretty cool. I like there's a lot of information on the single page. Lots with a deflect defensive stat kicking right. in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. There were five stats in there. Now there was what life, armor, evasion, energy, shield. energy shield, spirit, deflect, and spirit. Yeah, there was quite a few. Then there was block, and there was mm -hmm. yeah, there was a lot of stuff. So nicely laid out. I like that a it's nice on little one spot. PIP. It needs some color. Like everything was just that brown tone. I'm sure. I'm sure that's all going to get worked out. But like, make fire resist look red or something, just sure. to draw your eye to it. But it, I like that. There's. I'm not flicking through tabs. It did look like you were scrolling. Which, my personal opinion, I'd rather scroll than tabs. Agreed. Then yes. I can. You know what I mean? Like that is actually preferable to me. But yeah, it the the character screen looked cool. So anyway, Crip, we watched him, and then our guys. Camille and Kane oh, did their music part. It was, was my funny, favorite. Eh? It was that my was... favorite one. Really? Oh yeah, Good for you, for sure. I, I, I find that stuff so just it that that's the part of games, and especially in Path of Exile. And I go back to like Diablo two, that always just blows me away. Like the ability to create something that when you hear it later, you know it. Like there's something memorable to that sound or that noise or whatever it is. I just find that crazy. And then the ability to just create different stuff for so many things is just incredible. Like all these different zones, all these different, there's a hundred bosses. We're, and we're just in the acts that they're, you know, that they've got to create custom sounds for and Camille with his scores. And it's just, I find that stuff. That's awesome. insane. And then so. they mentioned mystery boxes and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then they have like the different sort, the, the different package packs, boxes. right? They have so much to do. Now, I remember when we were talking with Camille before, like he's finished all that stuff. You know what I mean? So then once all this dies down, then it's just, it's the new league that he has to make music for. And then it's the new microtransaction and the new trailer. I can't, I can't imagine how busy it is now. Yeah. You know what I mean? For like, cause he still has that to do. Well, I mean, that's why they hire the second person, but he still has that to do and oversee, but literally a different song for each boss and each environment. I think he said, I think the trailer said there was a hundred unique like locations and environments. Yeah. I don't remember how many there were, but yeah. Like, so with Kane, it was cool because you got to see like the, his videos. I mean, he's very clever too. He's got, he had a, a, some good jokes, but yeah, very yes. is, uh, you know, like hearing how, what's their, what's his method for doing it? What are their, you know, seeing their staff in the sound room, like just doing stupid noises and yeah, that was great. whatever, like that was really cool. And then just the way that they build it into sound and how they plan it all out with Camille. The thing that floors me is the idea that a artist goes this is a rough sketch of a building in the desert that's going to be this area. Go. Right. And then he plays what he plays and you're just like, how? How did, like, where does that even, I don't yeah. get it. I don't get where that well, comes to from. To even know the amount of instruments that guy knows. I know when he just kept talking about like, oh, we used a little bit of this and then this and then this. And it's like, eh. So I, I found that part. I just find that part so cool. And then getting to listen to, to th through some of them and some of the boss stuff. And yeah. Their um, ability to work together is really cool too. Like how they plan things out for like, you know, they were talking about the siren fight, which we did watch and how they had to plan for like when the sirens coming out of the water and when the different things are happening through that event and how they have to make everything, you know, like tie in together. So yeah, I don't, I just find that stuff awesome. Like really good. It's too bad that they didn't do a, was there a question? Yeah, there was a question and answer, but it seemed short. Like it ended like 15, 20 minutes early. No, it was. It's also difficult. Like those 
a lot of the audio questions as, as as interesting as they are when they come from commoners like us that they're all the same what was the hardest thing you did what was the favorite thing you did like unless you know audio unless you know music like as a composer like the questions are always so and I, I like i'm not making fun of anyone those are the questions i would have you know what i mean like it's so it's like i'm talking the simple questions i'm, I'm not i'm no composer i wouldn't have those types of questions but um you know like it's it's got to be tough when those are spur of the moment q and a questions they're all going to sound yeah kind of like i still that. i i still it could have gone longer but i sure. i really enjoyed there's it's funny you were just making that comment about like how people ask questions and now we didn't watch this one we are going to have to watch it but the one that we missed was the rendering one with i guess yeah. alexander but at the very end we did catch the very end and he started talking about something but he pulled out a reddit voice at the very oh, end and did. i was like oh my god he just said that yeah. <laughs> he's talking about <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> yeah why don't you just the way he said it. i was like holy shit that's one of our reddit oh voices. man that's great yeah so anyway i love the kane and camille part that was probably one of my well besides the round table the round table was incredible but Oh, that with all the big shots at the end? Which we're going to get to in a second, yeah. Yep. Uh, then we had the animation interview, which was cool with Sam and Ed. Also, we have to shout out Sam with Sam. his pumps, the Dude, Reebok you, pumps. That was the first thing, Justin, as soon as that uh, interview started with Matt Damon and Sam, yep. they had, uh, like, I'm just, Justin! Yeah, I was in the other room. He's wearing pumps! pumps. I was like, like what? I'm, Justin's the sneaker guy. Can I call him sneakers? Yeah. You is that whatever you that's want. all right well no there's no like hot shot him. term as long for as you don't the touch him you can call him whatever you want all right so justin's the sneaker guy he's got a billion dollars of sneakers in this house he probably doesn't even wear his shoes outside and but i'm a fan of pumps like oh, yeah. i'm a flip-flop guy i'll wear flip-flops till it snows but and maybe even after but if i had a pair of pumps if i could afford a pair of pumps oh every single day i'd walk out of my house and go yeah Oh. A little pump and then I go pep in your step. <laughs> That's right. You look how far I can jump now. <laughs> but oh man, so, but he had legit pumps. Like those were wicked, green and brown. And then of course, I mean, Matt Damon's just looking as good as ever. Yeah, just the, both of That's them. A, that animation department's yeah, sexy. Good looking guys. Whew. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to work there. I'd be like, no, I can't. My mind's just racing too much. Yeah, they're they're um. That was interesting. Fun. Yeah, I like listening to them talk. I really like the like I like both of them, but Sam was very comfortable which is un it, it's uncommon to see in most of the developer stuff that we've seen when yeah. i'm talking like he he was totally just like laid back chill just yeah. he was definitely comfortable in it but yeah it was cool listening well, to them talk about how they even um ed damon was seemed much more comfortable the second go around when he was on the couch as opposed yeah. to in front of everybody I, maybe he was just as comfortable in both but he seemed much more uh smiley and comfortable with his answers yeah it was fun listening to them talk about how they do you know how they deal with all the animations and how things have changed with poe2 yeah. and so i actually thought ziz did a good job on that one too yeah the I, all the interviewers did yep what did we have next we did oh there was this uh showcase it wasn't steel mage even though that's what it said it was nugian and neon that was fine it was just the warrior again yeah and, and, was and noogie doesn't know that like I, i'm not no no it's the not criticism that them. everybody's playing warrior that's not a streamer criticism i wish ggg told them yeah like to play a certain class or something one. or like even if it was like at the end and they're like noogie normally we've been telling people that they can choose whatever they want but nobody's played the monk, monk so yeah sorry you have to do the monk like yep. i just wish they they I did agree. some of that but at the end of the day it doesn't really change much because no it, it is still what it is but it would have been nice from us at home watching to have seen some variance and yes. it didn't seem like there was much variance 
I it one of the the only thing that I thought was funny that stood out to me was when Neon was like, "You're doing this. It's not a criticism because I've seen everybody doing it, but you just keep running into packs. It's not Path of Exile one. Like you gotta yeah, you kill what you have when you get there. Yeah, don't bring them all together. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was interesting, and I felt kind of bad for Noogie, and he said it out loud, but he's the kind of player where he would like to keep going at that boss or circumstance that he's failing at until he gets it but for our sake he went to other areas to experience other things and so that was nice and then we had the final part of the round table which was fantastic really really good so cool and and like it's one of those where i can we weren't gonna watch it we actually had debated not watching it really interested me it was definitely something i was going to watch either here or after our recording but uh you appreciate i assume you could appreciate it so much more because i don't know if you ever played diablo one but you definitely played a lot of diablo two i didn't get into the arpg scene until diablo three right um well i guess the dreamcast days but i never got into it on pc gaming or anything like that so like the first thing that they were touching like i've played torchlight but diablo three came out before i think torchlight one and like I'd played versions of ARPGs, but like different sport, like I've referenced the Armada on the Dreamcast and uh, other other games like that. Where It's not the ARPG style, but like the... Right. Drop based games where I'd be excited about modifying my build, but nothing, nothing extreme. So uh, I'm sure you appreciate that because you played those specific games. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was much such more a than I did. heavy so, hitter group of people there. It was cool to yeah. see Eric back. Yeah, that was nice. them too. Yeah, that that was I. I thought with that, an Omnitech shirt too, Eric. I didn't you know, notice being bossy. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, the other the, the whoever he was for the boss. I um, I it, it got good as they started to get more comfortable with being up there and it being more of a roundtable versus like Crip ask a question and they go down the line and answer <laughs> it. I liked as it progressed. It actually got into a conversation where they were sort yeah. of having the back and forth. I loved. I can't remember which Schaefer brother it is, but the one in the middle because he just was very Eric with a ch. Yeah, he like he was just super comfortable just like starting the conversation and talking about whatever was going on. And um, I David Brevik's just awesome. Like, I really appreciate he was the far, far right player. on the bl- in the blizzard been, shirt. Yep. Uh, the Diablo two guy like he's and he's been involved with GGG for a long, long time. Like He was there back in Exalcon, the first one. And it was uh, That's so cool that they can be buddy. They're in a way com- competitors sure in i mean i don't know what any of those guys affiliation of diablo 3 is None. but they had nothing to do with it still like if you're in torchlight you're kind of oh, yeah. competing Same and genre. if you're trying to make a new arpg i mean you're competing against and so for them to be free with their information and just be chatty and, and helpful, disagree i like that they're yes like they're open to the fact that they have differences in opinions and they're all still like that's what being an adult, an adult is. Yes. It's like, you know, we don't agree, but we're still buddies and we're still going to have a good time and, you know, whatever. So I hope everyone in Reddit or like the negative voices online, you know, the people that would be like, I hope they saw the, 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 the fun they had with disagreements. Like right off the bat, Crip's first question was one of the more controversial ones. What do you do about telegraphing? Mm-hmm. where do you stand on telegraphing yeah half majority of them are like don't do it but one and a half were like to like, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah so yeah. yeah it was it was really that was such a wonderful hour to yeah. listen to and really i'm not good. even privy to experience in those games like you have crip up there totally understanding eric's thing like, well you remember 1.11 yeah, when you yeah, nerfed yeah. this and crip's like oh i remember the combo mm-hmm. like I, I it would be i can't imagine what it'd be like for you to like 
go through and it's hear just their cool little hearing them points. all talk like especially because they have so much history between them and you have like while diablo didn't like create the arp genre it definitely progressed it more than anything it else ever water. had done and so and then it is like diablo 2 is the basis for path of exile the game that we play so it's just i don't know it's, it, it's really cool hearing those guys talk with the history that they have the things they've been involved with and you know just yeah. like their opinions on things and i it some of the questions cracked me up because they were clearly geared towards chris and i think one thing i did like is quite often those questions got derailed by someone else to the point where it yes. wasn't like it was so pointed at chris and path of exile because yep. i think i think there are still some issues with you know people are still grasping with some of the stuff with poe2 and you know some of the things that they're changing and they're struggling with the idea of they're going to be there's going to be some change but i like these other guys just like turned it into a conversation between buddies versus like trying to appease whoever might have asked the question or you know yep. get get the rise that they were looking for but yeah for sure and i think it's really interesting because path of exile got its gem socketing system from Diablo 2, but also from the Final Fantasy series. I heard Eric uh, in an interview years ago reference the Final Fantasy series for gem socketing skills as well. Maybe it was Chris. So, but it was really neat to hear where Diablo got it from. It was just, just a, a quick. It was just a quick idea from, from a friend, a friend um, of one of the developers. Who was the guy on the far right with the Blizzard David shirt? David Brevik. Yeah, like his brother. His brother, right? Just quickly wasn't mentioned even into... something, right? He was just like it was at the dinner table or whatever, and he quickly says it, and then Eric in the middle is like, yeah, "That's a good idea." Yeah, you know, and then all, but that's where Path of Exile gets his stuff from. So that uh, was really cool. I I love that. Yeah, now, that that round table was great. Uh, I said that I wasn't making notes for the first point, but today was a lot slower. Like, there's no keynote today, so there was a lot less to pay attention to, especially with all the gameplay that they had. So I wrote down a couple notes for things that I. And there's going to be tons of stuff from day one that if I was to watch again, I'd make tons of notes. So maybe we'll do that 200. in episode 200. But uh, yeah, in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. But um, I would like to write down. Um, or I would like to specify that all hardcore players can suck it royally. Screw you, cheaters. You're going to play hardcore the way I want you to now in Path of Exile 2. Oh, man. Our private leagues are going to be awful. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Like, they have a cooldown on portals. And you... You the, the portal disappears as soon as like the engagement works. So the only time you can lay a portal in a boss fight is after the combat started. You can't do it in the invincible stage. And then there's what else was the it? Two second cast. You can't alt F4 or log out macro because right, it'll, save you it'll the bring you back. Stage. Oh, I love that. He was so specific with yeah. his smile when he was like, You're gonna get right back. Yeah, to right the to the slam. <laughs> right. It was so good. And oh, there was a few other details that they said about oh, flasks, for example, are much more difficult to maintain in boss fights. Yeah, you don't get They're them anymore for situation. And in fact, in a boss fight, you don't get them from any of the mobs spawned by the boss. You only get them during these right. certain states. As the boss reaches different, like they're not phases all the time, but different states. Yeah. That's what will refresh your, besides teleporting back. But again, you got to find a window of two seconds to cast the. Uh, right. The and how many, off. I mean, that's uh, to me, that's like an Elden Ring thing that I'm going to have to apply to Path of Exile now is 
when you finally get that boss stunned or you finally yeah, get that, to the corner that and reprieve <laughs> instead of getting those Doing extra damage, three hits yeah. in you take that swig of your flask right and so in this case it's it's the similar thing yep. but i guess like how flasks are gonna work now like that's not hardcore specific of course but um flasks don't refill with normal kills no. only with now ho hopefully it turns into hits or or like the amount of damage or threshold or something but right now kills. it's like kills with rares and uniques uh maybe magic i forget whether the they, they could have meant magics magic. they just said not normals mm -hmm. but then they did say rares and uniques but they could have just meant to say magic and rares that's because right. really what's like uniques which shouldn't be it should have been maybe they meant to say magic and, mm -hmm. and rares but yeah normal is not giving you back flasks is going to be a pretty interesting change it is it is and i mean despite the excitement of the poe2 team to be like your flasks are going to be situational um it'll be interesting to see how that works because there is a pathfinder and yes the pathfinder well, could be completely reworked or well i i guess because we're still going off the original conventions explanation of you're going to have these six classes and then the other six classes so i mean there's tons of revamp there available but i mean there's got to be a flask class you have you have does there 12 times three you have 36 ascendancies yeah but they're changing flasks like flasks we were talking about this where they talked about how flasks flasks are going to be like utility and you have to plan when you use them and you were saying like well they already have that but what Rishi said is it that's the that's the role on the flask is like right now you can roll that as like a suffix or whatever, right? Now it's a mod, yeah. Now it's that like you have it's not it's not something that's been rolled onto it. That just it's is the essence it. of it. Yeah. And so you may not see like a flask based class because what would be the benefit of a flask based class if your primary focus of your flasks are actually life and mana? Like when uh, Mark neon was talking he said at one point they had planned for only two flasks and then there was something i can't remember what he said that they oh no, oh, no sorry he sorry that was himself. for the start no 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 that yeah, was just for the start himself, at the very beginning that's right. but so i don't know maybe there isn't a there's no quicksilver flask like i i assume there's going to be but it'll obviously be very different than i mean sorry not obviously my assumption is that they will have a flask class but that it won't be aimed at perma sustain like the current pathfinder is yeah but then it's not i, I don't see how you have an I, maybe some that benefit for some flask stuff but not like a pathfinder style which is all flask focused sure like i like some of the stuff that the current pathfinder has and i could see that going forward like every time you use a flask you remove all elemental ailments every time you use a flask you remove bleed you know that kind of stuff would be quite beneficial because then you can have different flasks and it'd be almost like having six unique flasks or sorry, utility flasks. And you know, one thing before. they never did. I don't, I don't know if I ever noticed, like if there's no alterations, are you only transmuting and augmenting a flask now? And that's it. Like I, there's so many things I'm curious to see because so many of these things just seem ruthless. Right. And, and so what do you like? The one thing that's so that i hate about what's coming if this decision was to stay was your supports are drop only your support gems are drop only i'm gonna have nine six links eventually and my supports are drop only because apparently the cutter gems if i'm understanding it correctly the uncut, uncut gems. gems are only for active skills yep that's 
a problem. I mean, some support skills are active skills. I don't know if they're going to well, keep something like summon phantasm support. Well, yeah, that's but the that problem. Can be your primary skill. Are going to be though now, like they're going to be they're reworking support. Like there's all, it's all new, so who knows what that? I mean, we saw a lot of the ones drop that were similar ones we'd already seen before. So, um, yeah, like I saw fork. I think Kriparian got a fork one. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they just go solely off of it's just drop only for supports. But again, that feels ruthlessly like it. It, it I which is fine. I. I'm not going to be silly and say like, oh, I don't like it. That's not acceptable. The game's not even out. Like we haven't even seen it in any version of like a finished state. There's no act four and five. There's like multiple classes not even done. We never, ever saw an ascendancy. Like there it's, was. It's weird to me that they didn't have the druid prepared. Like that's the most unique class that everybody cheered for at the first XLCon convention. And for them to not, I don't know. Like out of out of the priorities for what would be available, I understand getting melee there. I do not understand a sorceress. We have an elementalist already. That's not a new gameplay session, despite the fact that your animations to spells are new. Sure, but then okay, so you have a huntress. I make sense. That's that's the new like spear combo. But the 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 monk I get, but the druid like. To really not do shapeshifting, I get to like disallow it from the gameplay demo because then it would turn into exactly what it already was. Like everybody did the warrior this time around. If the druid was there, everybody would got to try shapeshifting, right? And then nobody would have seen anything else. But I'm really surprised they didn't do that. I would have this. rather seen all of the classes available. Like they talk so much about spirit, and we never yet, we never once got to see right. a summon. And even not even just a even witch, we just didn't see a summon at all. And uh, that was really disappointing to me. Yeah. And I and and we and I'm not being a Debbie Downer or anything, but like we're 11 months from the closed beta. They did a convention, and we didn't get to see some of the major stuff that they talked about. Some of the stuff that was going to be the most exciting to like hear about or see. It's just a little weird. So hopefully, hopefully over the next few months, we'll get to see some video releases or trailers or something like a druid trailer or a summoner trailer or stuff I, yeah. that starts to showcase some of the stuff that we haven't seen yet. Like again, we. It was interesting. I don't know if the people who were playing the game were told that they couldn't, but I, I never, ever saw a skill tree. I never saw someone open up the skill tree to start putting points in. Never. Not one person did I see open the skill tree. Maybe it didn't work. So I, I'm, which, it, yeah. Because uh, we saw people level. We, the only time I saw this, yeah, we did see people level. The only time I saw the skill tree was when Octavian and Neon were playing in the very beginning. That was the only time, and it was only to show those the the specialty weapon whatever weapon swap split. thing yes that was the only time i ever saw it we never saw ascendancies it was we a never very saw... specific part too right like they did not zoom out at all so like yeah there's just still there's still a lot of stuff that i'm curious to see and it definitely maybe it gives them the ability to talk more now because they kept saying like after this we'll be able to talk about everything and it's like well will you <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> i think you have the secrets yeah so anyway it'll be i did you have any other notes yeah i have uh, quite a few more um wow. what time are we at you're fine go what's uh, the next one i'm also thirsty i want to fill up my water thanks for letting me get my water just feel so better so oh i feel so better i feel so gooder um so uh one thing that made me extremely excited it wasn't a promise but it was like this new 
ability within the mechanics and the design of the game is basically getting rid of their hope is the majority of off-screen damage. So and Neon the, the, said there it will be next should be none. completely eliminated. Right. Now, granted they do they don't do things like refusing off-screen damage. They added the prospect of gravity to projectiles mm-hmm. so they lower over time so goats you know their fireballs are actually going to fall to the ground over a certain period of time and or distance and so and i think this came from the idea of things that explode on death from the porcupines i think they were that's what i call them anyway oh on a side note i think it was noogie that died was it noogie that died from a boss that exploded after it died yeah screw you ggg you can get rid of that you it was a really long time but he definitely could have. Uh, but it's loot. You're looking at boss loot. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you're playing for. Mm-hmm. Ah, stupid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, but no, so just the prospect that a projectile slowly fade to the ground over a certain distance. Uh, and you can dodge roll them. Right. Mark said that uh, that is is likely going to eliminate off-screen damage. And that wasn't even the question, but he threw that in there. So that was extremely exciting because to me, it doesn't really matter the changes you make to a game. Like the quality of life only matters when the game is fun to play, right? If if the game isn't fun to play, but going through the menus is easy, well, that just makes the menu system easy. But the current game, the current situation, clarity... Visual clarity is a massive problem in Path of Exile 1. That's something they're hopefully fixing. Jonathan said that despite the game's not intentionally going to be slower, hopefully the speed of the skills is going to allow you the opportunity to see more of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's a lot of garbage deaths, garbage damage, where you just can't see it happening and like so clarity for what's in front of you and off-screen crap for things that aren't so hopefully like all boss situations because i don't see boss projectiles not being able to go the distance of a screen hopefully they're always on screen uh, with all the running around that we've seen in act one bosses but uh, that was extremely exciting for me because if off-screen damage still continued in a game like this there's only so excited you could be for it Mm -hmm. and uh, like that's honestly the way that it is right so i was really excited for that what other uh, notes did i make right no crafting bench um telegraphed boss fights there's a lot every single boss fight it looked like you could easily tell where the damage was going to be or there actually was a small graphic that they were making fun of in the uh in the last presentation but had it like that like there's a difference between like a telegraphed like rectangle that's going to show where it's going to hit versus there was the one electric boss, which both you and I saw early on and both were really impressed with how telegraphed the attacks looked. But it had a triangle attack. Yeah, that, to me is a little bit different because it didn't it, did, it wasn't the same. I mean, granted, yes, it is a telegraphed thing on the ground, but it actually looks like part of the skill yeah. that the boss is using, which is really cool. And it didn't show up as the boss was winding up. It showed up so just like our characters can change direction mid swing or or mid click, whatever it is to make it a little bit more authentic. Bosses can do that too. Enemies can do that too. And so the boss has this big slam coming and it's coming and it's coming, but it was only once where it was going to land was 
definitive that the telegraph showed up. So it wasn't like when the boss first started sweeping up and then the telegraph started moving around. It was just the boss is doing this old crap. Where's it going to be? And then the telegraph showed and you didn't have a lot of time to get out of the way. But I really did like it. Do you remember the so there's one of the bosses was the blind something we saw him fought a couple like times. This white one horn the kid thing came up like from the from the crowd and actually yeah beat. good for that kid by yeah, the way way awesome. to go buddy one of the i shouldn't say kid i don't know the guy the guy that's probably older than us uh, but looks but younger than us the, he's definitely younger than us but the um the one thing i liked about that fight was the the dodge rolling the attacks was very souls was very dark souls ish like that you could see the swipe coming in and your character could dodge roll through it right like it just yes. it reminded me very much of dark souls in that attack i i, I like that uh, i like yep. that fight for sure uh you this is something that i think they did a good job of the first convention but uh they did a very good job the second convention but this is your first broadcasted convention you wanted to shout out the production value of i thought the, the production value was great i thought it was a really Twitch good presentation yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. They had multiple camera angles. They had, you know, the, um, I love the shots in between sessions. Uh, the audio was for the most part, quite good. There were, you know, whatever, a couple issues with people's mics, but overall, like I just thought I was really impressed. I thought they did yeah. a really great job. It really didn't seem to have any glitches. Things started punctually, which was great. Pardon me. Besides mobile. That's very true. That otherwise is really disappointing. Great. I mean, I am glad they only gave mobile half an hour. Yeah. Um, in total, but I uh, feel bad for the guy that's putting his heart and soul into it. Mm -hmm. That, But uh, I guess really silly that for some reason the broadcast didn't work that time. Like it makes it seem like they didn't even try broadcasting it to begin with. Yeah. But yeah, kudos to the to the production value of the uh, yeah, thing. That was really good. Uh, what else? Justin, the default portal. Looks so much better. They better keep that in. If they put back the damn blue thing, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> right. Or that stupid purple <laughs> prime sign up portal. Yeah. No, this one looks, I it mean, looks really good. it looks like a default portal. Yeah. But it, it's got it's like nice. a shaperish look it's to nice. it. Like it's cool. Yeah. It actually looks like one that you can get in the store, but I liked it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was a little disappointing to me, just because we did see a lot of gameplay from a lot of the streamers and then the demos were quite nice as well. And it was nice seeing all that gameplay. But for me, it was disappointing that the uh, monster modifiers were just from the POE one database. Yeah. Again, and that's just not a, a being ready to go. Again, I get weird, it, but weird. It's in the it same. was just that was one of the extra things I'm excited to see. Like, OK, so what are some of the new ideas they're coming up with? Right. When I start seeing uh, it rotates damage mitigation mm -hmm. on there, I'm like, really? Well, they could not have had a worse representation of the shittiness of some of their mods than when Noogie played and got Mana Siphoner with the pylon. Right. And so he's got the stupid lightning heralds going, he's going, he's going dead. If he jumps into that circle. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, what a great reminder for yeah. them, though, to like, I love that he was like neon. <laughs> yeah, he's like neon. Really? And he's like, don't get mad at me. Oh, yeah. bad luck. But at the same time, should never be able to. Happen, no, that ever. stuff's garbage. Absolute garbage, especially if you're like, it's almost like GGG told everyone, okay, you have to play warrior and something else because we want to let everyone know that melee is okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, Which but melee no. did look great. I, did. I actually did like the look of it, but did that. Yeah. Uh, but overall, now that the, um, hype and disappointment of the, what didn't, didn't happen in the keynote presentation 
and of course the distance of the dates for PUE2. Now that that's like to us, you know, that was yesterday in a way it's old news. Um, we're now prepared for at least another year of Path of Exile 1. Uh, everything that we learned about PUE2 is really exciting, really cool. Uh, disappointment's gone, but life goes on. Uh, we have another year left and lots of really cool stuff to look forward to. Like, it's all very exciting. Uh, I, I just, as a minion, like 99% of my stuff is minion. I am disappointed. None of that got answered. Spirit seems interesting, but that's nice. I know that all those values can be increased or decreased. Like, that's not an issue in terms of the balance, but it would have just been really nice to see just a little bit. And I mean, when's the last time you heard GGG say zombie that many times in the last 10 years? So... I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't give up on zombies. Maybe I should give up on the Reaper again. Also, I don't know. Though, are we not really coming out with something other than zombies? Like the witch summoner should not still be the witch summoner of a necromancer. I hope there's something different to the class. That there's like two summoner classes. Well, well, a POE two summoner. It's a new game. You can't just do a friggin' necromancer as the summoner. Like, come but on. Look at the other classes. What, are, what else is going to be a summoner? Well, they I'm fine them with all. the witch being a summoner. Yes. But do it. It, don't make it like come up with something else oh sorry you're i forgot there's there's gonna be 36 ascendancies now mm -hmm. yeah but uh, I'm, I'm not taking into account poe1 i'm just saying if poe2 is going to be its own new game and you're developing all new stuff well then don't have zombies or if you're gonna have zombies have something else don't like don't make that you need back you need more starter but uh, yeah minion yeah but it sounds like which is like maybe not really red go so maybe that'll change as they go on they got yeah, 10 months i don't know 11 months i mean i hope they I, mean, I am surprised that there's certain things they haven't considered with all the decision making that they've done it's like they're going in some sort of linear fashion with their decision making and some stuff's like okay how are we going to make this work with the decisions we've already made as opposed to the method of we want this to work how's that going to work with this and then deal, dealing with all those hurdles at the beginning because there's some pretty basic stuff that they were asked about that they were like i don't know we haven't gotten there yet and i was surprised at how many i didn't write down the specific ones of course val was the one that we heard from yesterday's uh speech but there were a number of them but there were a, quite a few more where it's like um you know what i don't i don't know we'll get there when we get there uh, what was one that I was actually quite disappointed with? Um, oh, right. Jonathan said uh, it was in regards to the death recap that they were asked about. And this was when he was on the panel with the three others. And uh, he he answered the question. I don't know if it was directed to him or not, but he answered. And he was like, well, you know, like it's probably something. It's not something I'm against. It's something we could probably do, but it is quite complicated. And, you know, went on with a couple other sentences. And then at the end, he finished with, but, you know, I'm busy. Well, Neon said after that, you're going to know why you died. And I was like, maybe in a boss fight. Oh, but yeah, he was referencing the visuals. Like, it's going to be a lot easier to see how. But he, it was in response to the, it yes. was right after Jonathan. But I was, my feeling was like, well, you're not always just dying to a boss. Like, okay, if I just stood under a slam, yes, I know why I right. died. But if I was just fighting a big pack of mobs. Maybe I don't know why right. I died, so we'll see. There was a boss that I think it was Neon in the boss section, and he was talking about, and it was awesome how much he was nerding out about the bosses. That's exactly what I wanted from the presentation. But he was saying, like, the certain attack does 50% lightning and 50% chaos. And I'm like, 
that 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 easy to see oh yeah you, <laughs> you know like am i gonna know if anywhere, i no. die to that barf that i need to up my lightning and chaos resist because there's there's tons of stuff where it's just a boss in path of exile one and you're like well, what kind of damage is that that's not a color that matches the three other elemental types doesn't match kale like be that's... in the help section don't worry <laughs> yeah, well, i i wonder if they weren't allowed to ask about a help section i'm surprised there wasn't any conversation about that at all there's other things people are excited about that's not really like at the top of the list i am for most okay so we're gonna wrap up but here's the thing exilecon 2023 is now done what's your what's your your overview your overall feeling and thought towards it what had you how did you find it what are your final thoughts about XLCon or about Path of XL2? About the event, XLCon 2023. I'm very excited. I'm extremely happy with the direction that almost everything is going. I'm nervous about what the game is going to look like from a filter perspective, but that's because not enough, and not a criticism to others, but that there just wasn't enough questions regarding loot drop and, and quant, or like how often it's going to drop the frequency of it and the expectation of crafting um, there just wasn't enough questions regarding that to get a full picture regarding that. So as a filter creator, and that's something I've been passionate about, of course, um, that's something I'm nervous about. But overall, the entire direction of the game is exactly where I want the game to go. It seems to like it's going slower. It seems like they're not simplifying the game. It's becoming more simpler to under more simple to understand, but it's still getting very complex, but so much more intuitive. I love that they're just making decisions that they think are best. It's not about what they think they can appease us with. It's just this is what we think is best and this is what we're doing with it. And so I think every direction they're going with the game is fantastic. And uh, at the end of the day, I am very excited. And it was nice for us to have conversations off mic as well to remind ourselves that whatever time frame they need, no matter how the marketing was ahead of time, whatever time they need to actually release this and make this solid, uh, take it because we're the kind of fans where we aren't just looking for a game for ourselves. So that's primary because that's where we stand as, as you know, in part of the consumer, but we love the company. We want them to succeed and we really want them to have a killer start. So, uh, overall I have, Almost, ab almost everything is very positive, and I'm very excited. Um, how about you? Uh, overall, I, I think it was great. I think the event was awesome. I loved hearing about PoE two. The three twenty two looks fun. I like. I love hearing from the developers. Their enthusiasm and and love for their game is really refreshing to see. You know, we haven't seen a lot of their people talk in quite a long time. So hearing them talk about it and being so excited about it was uh, was it was awesome. It was a great. It was a great thing to watch um i think my 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 experience with it got better uh today as we went along and i i kind of had a good conversation with myself and i think i referenced that in the in the first part of this episode so i i, I th it, it got better after i'd had that talk with myself um i will i still justin takes long dumps so yeah, he has long I just talks with himself me and myself just have to talk sometimes but so I think the event was awesome. I, I'm very excited for the direction they're going with PoE2. I have so many questions, but we're we're still so far away that I'm not going to get answers for the, a long time. I will still, though, despite my conversation with myself, despite everything I'm feeling towards my excitement for the game, I think this was a poorly timed convention. I can't understand why they did it now. I don't understand 
why why they have a convention where it's uh two-thirds of the acts are finished um not even half like half of the classes were playable we never saw a skill tree we never saw um so much ascendancies. there were so many things that weren't there and i'm it just confuses me as to why there was a convention like i i feel like a convention would have been better served right before the the beta the closed beta where everything can be shown at least in its current state so i loved the event it was very fun to watch this was the first one i've watched on twitch's long freaking days holy crap uh and it was really cool to see again i love seeing from the developers but that is the one thing that does stick out in my mind a little bit was is just this question of why now like what was the what was the benefit to them to doing it at this point in the development cycle versus waiting a little bit longer so and why are people leaving early yeah that's i'm just giving up on that i'm, I'm hey, it's not over maybe the race is still yeah on we're gonna go finish the last see, like maybe chris has like a goodbye say his goodbye and and award everyone a car for leaving or something i don't know <laughs> drive home yeah but uh I, I loved it i just that's a part that sticks out to me is a question of like why now i don't i don't get the the significance to at this point in the development cycle to do it but that aside they did a fantastic event i'm so happy for the people that went out there i think the experience would have been amazing we heard some people in our discord that were just having a blast there and picked up some awesome you know stuff from that place and met a lot of great people so i think the event itself was great i think it was such a cool thing for them to do i just i'm a little confused as to the timing for it but I don't, that doesn't take away from the amazingness of what it was what we got to see the excitement for poe2 that's coming i think 322 looks like a really fun league and yeah i it was fun it was a, it was fun to hang out with you like we've never done this in like since we were kids not since sun peaks man i don't yeah. think we've spent this much time together since no, we used to go boarding together yeah so uh it was it was fun it was fun it was a fun weekend and um we're gonna wrap this up and i'm gonna try and finish oh, this and get one more cool minutes. shout out is how re uh specters are changing you basically yeah. like consume the it's a Pokemon, gotta catch them all. Yeah, but then it just converts the gem. So if you want a different Spectre, you get a different gem. Yeah, it's interesting. That is cool. But like think that's that solves like the corpse bit. You just have that permanent summon now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Cool. I think it's kind of interesting. Cool. Is like, is that a support that connects to Ray Spectre then? Or is it the actual active skill? But then you can't can't have multiple specters. I don't really don't want to get into it because we need to wrap this up. I got to get this edited, and we need to see what uh, Chris's goodbye is like. I've never been this tight to getting an episode edited, rendered because it's going to be like a two and a half hour episode that has to get rendered. So uh, anyway, let's, hurry up, man! Hurry let's up! Ra let's wrap this up, patrons. Um, we love you. Know what? Hold on, forever XL episode 199 i'm justin aka tags and i'm tyler wrecker of days thank you everybody for hanging out with us for this super long episode if you made it this long you are a superstar superstar exactly uh patrons uh, we'll see you in after dark good luck it is a beautiful two-hour disaster it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun doing it so hopefully you enjoy it everybody else we'll see you next week in episode 200 it's a milestone for us that is uh, going to be treated like a normal episode because this week has killed me <laughs> this episode has done it this was our special we should have just released like a 10 minute 199 and made this 200 but anyway um yeah we'll see you everybody next week in episode 200 thanks again make sure you uh oh information down below we'll get a website foreverxl.com or on twitter foreverxl82 we have a very fun discord you should come and say hi have a great time with the rest of us 
patrons otherwise support the podcast are down below and on our website don't forget to hit the five stars on spotify and apple and ty you can tell where it clicked what what was i supposed to say you were waiting to say something oh i was just gonna i was laughing because you can tell where it clicked with you where like your goodbye all of a sudden it's like ah, automation kicked in normally i'm on the computer and i'm like for some reason it's just second nature but uh we hope everybody had a fantastic excel con no matter where you watched it um we very glad we set the time aside to gather all this information and nerd out with everybody so hopefully you enjoyed nerding out with us we enjoyed nerding out with you And thank you so much for your lessons each week. You're the best. Kudos, GGG.